Welcome to your sanity safe space with your favorite YouTube podcast duo. Skag Free, whoever he is. Get your clothes, fascist ass out of here! Saving the millennial generation in weekly installments. You are a terrific team on all counts. Live from a castle tower and his mother's basement, this is, is the Matt and Blonde Show. I'll lead an effective strategy to mobilize true and international over to perk. <laughs> Hey, why the fuck is the gas so hot, bitch? I'm honored to have him join me today. One last time, Dr. Fauci has been a source of information and facts. Whether it be HIV AIDS, Ebola, or COVID-19, Dr. Fauci has always led with the science. So my message, maybe the final message I give you from this podium, get your updated COVID-19 shot. As good as the vaccine is, the immunity and protection wanes over time. Come on, man. The other side that just keeps putting out misinformation and disinformation seems to be tireless in that effort. America's physicians are out there telling you you need to go get a vaccine. You can decide to trust America's physicians or you can trust some random dude on Twitter. We can prevent essentially every COVID death in America, but it's going to take all of us to make that happen. I doubt it. You are fake news. Up yours. How about news? Very fake that was four days ago, five days ago. Day of the brick, day of the rope, oven ready. Jeez. Go back to where you come from, okay? All right, America, go to the YouTube right now. Big ups to Rebecca for keeping Matt woke. Congratulations to both of you, you're awesome. I, I can't do it. We'll do it live. We'll do it live! Fuck it! All right! And we'll do it live! Hello and welcome to the show. It is a great show. It is a terrific show. It is a tremendous show. Frankly, the very best. You can ask anyone about that. People often do. I'm told this is the Matt and Blonde Show. My name is Matt Christensen. I'm flanked on my right, as always, by my wonderful co-host, Blonde. Welcome. Hello. Well, I sure hope your Thanksgiving dinner was better than Trump's because Trump's was the most evil, racist, white supremacist Thanksgiving <laughs> dinner ever. And uh, most curiously, it was all facilitated by a black guy. So how the hell that <laughs> happened? We'll try to dissect. Uh, yes, Trump dines with Kanye West, assisted by Nick Fuentes. And you must disavow. There are many theories about what happened here. We will break down all the possibilities and then in a shocking twist midweek, the um, the Colorado gay bar shooter that we discussed last weekend now claims to be transgender and or non-binary, prefers gender neutral pronouns, Sorry. according to his lawyers. Do you think it's strategy or do you think it's legit? I think it's a strategy, a really excellent strategy. My only skepticism on the strategy is why would you strategize to get out of hate crime modifiers on what is sure to be dozens of serious felonies that will put this guy in prison for life. But I Maybe guess it will garner attention or public support. Hmm. Lessen his charges for turning fruits into vegetables. I didn't make up that joke. <sighs> that was uh, speaking of all the disavowing that has to be done. That was a 
That was an audience joke from last weekend that has to be disavowed. Did you see the interview with his dad? Yes. Yeah. Uh, I would say talk about bizarre, but considering his dad is a drug addicted former porn star, I suppose it's perfectly. Uh, well, it's exactly what you'd predict. He's just Strangely relieved to know his, his son's take. not gay. Yeah. <laughs> I heard he was a mass shooter. I thought, oh, fuck, he was at a gay bar. <laughs> and then I heard he wasn't gay. Phew. Oh. Yeah. Strangely based. Is that what you said? A very strangely based. Yeah. A very blonde. But he was reaction. a drug addicted uh, porn star. So how base can you really be? Well, we'll find out later. You heard it in the intro there. Dr. Fauci gives one last press conference before he leaves office to remind you to get the vaccine and stop lying about it while you do. No. Plus, we have hoax hate, some real hate from your old stomping grounds, Capitol Hill neighborhood of Seattle. Uh, plus some surprise cringe. And before we're done, tonight's movie review is The Flight of the Phoenix. So stick around. I was complaining before we went live. I have a a chair I need to retire. And I think the piston that controls how high it rises or how high it sits, I think it's done. So I'm going to perpetually shrink and become more and more of a manlet as the show progresses. Please bear with me. I swear I'm six feet tall. Nobody can speculate <laughs> otherwise. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. We'll uh, catch up with your super chats in between topics, 10 bucks and up on the Sunday show, because we are no good low down money grabbers. It will be all this and more in your favorite couple hours of listening material. Remember, you can find everything show related and support the show for as little as a buck a month over on the website. That is Matt Christensen We also have merchandise for sale on the site. Plus we have offers from friendly listener owned businesses as well. This week's feature business is our friends at Hero Soap Company. Do you love freedom? Do you love being clean? Then you'll love Hero Soap Company, made in the USA. Chemical and fragrance free. A portion of each purchase donated to veteran and first responder charities. Initial subscription purchase is matched bar for bar and sent overseas to deploy troops. Let freedom clean. Hero Soap Company. That's right. When you try Hero Soap Company, not only are you getting a great smelling all natural product, not only are you supporting military service members at home and abroad, not only do bald eagles circle you in admiration of your patriotism, but when you subscribe, Hero will send their soap straight to your door each month. So you never have to remember soap at the store again. And if you're not a bar soap person, no problem. Hero also offers their soaps in a liquid form as well. Hero Soap offers listeners of this show 10% off all their products using promo code MCLISTENER. That is promo code MCLISTENER for 10% off everything from Hero Soap Company. You can find everything you need from Hero Soap, plus other great offers from the rest of our friendly listener-owned businesses, including Western Razor Company, Phoenix Ammunition, Sonoran Defense Technologies, and more. Stocking stuffers galore. That's at mattchristiansonmedia.com slash deals. Deals by listeners for listeners. We also had a uh, another meetup from probably our champion listener group, our most active, maybe those down under in Melbourne. I swear I'm <laughs> practicing. Uh, glad to see you guys had a fun time. I um I had some Australians messaging me about some sort of poor election results in Australia as well within the last week. Yeah. I don't know if that's in the um if that's in the Sydney area or the Melbourne area, but uh, apparently COVID tyrants reelected by wide margins. Mm. 
So they can't get enough. The people, they can't get enough. Yeah, there's some good beards in this group. Do I see a familiar face? I think I do. Uh, Yes. Yes, indeed. Uh, Anyways, glad you guys uh, had a good time. I hope they allow you to continue to meet despite the election results. And uh, if you'd like to meet fellow listeners in your area, including exotic locations like Melbourne, check out the uh, community page of the website, mattchristensenmedia.com slash community. There's information for finding contacts there. Uh, also, uh, just a reminder, the call-in show returns this Wednesday, November 30th. Thanks for patience with the off week last week. Hope you had a great Thanksgiving with your family and your friends. Uh, Joe Biden had something of a mixed bag of a Thanksgiving. We'll get to his creepy peeping on little girls through a window photo later in the show. That was in Nantucket. But uh, but he called in to NBC's live coverage of the Thanksgiving Day Parade, or at least attempted to. Here is the man uh, allegedly running the country, apparently unable to perform a simple phone call. I think I think I should answer this one. Hello, Mr. President. I don't think I can hear you. Can you hear me, Mr. President? Yeah. Hello. Happy Thanksgiving, Mr. President. Are you there? Well, we're here. Oh, <laughs> I was so worried this call wasn't going to go through. How are you? I can't figure it out. You know, the thing. Now, in fairness, I think every one of us was probably thinking, I've, I've received a, a phone call exactly like that from my mom or dad at least once or twice. But, uh, but my, my mom, parents are old. Yeah. yeah. And they don't have the power that this man does. Uh, technical problems. My mom did. That'd be hilarious. <laughs> well, it can't get much worse. All right. Given the uh, choice between Joe Biden or blonde's mom in the Oval okay, Office. My mom would clearly make the country better. Uh, I, I, I'm I'm saying I'd probably take the gamble. I don't know from experience, <laughs> but I'd take the gamble. Technical problems were blamed. Uh, I assume they mean uh, like technology problems, phone problems specifically. Uh, well, not specifically, I suppose the uh, the problem of a brain fully gone to dementia. Yeah, really? Did you hear him enlist Jill's help? It sounded like that's what was going on. How do I, what, what's the button that I press? <laughs> yeah. It's still a better performance than his Christmas performance last year. Remember when he took Christmas calls last year and that was the origin yeah. of let's go Brandon. I agree. Brandon. Yep. When some uh, caller trolled him with that. Well, in other news, it only took a little over two years, but the, uh, the brave journalists at CBS have finally done it. They have confirmed the authenticity of Hunter Biden's laptop through an independent investigation. Their reporter had previously said could not be done. This report was released uh, on CBS this morning on Monday. CBS News has obtained its data, not through a third party or political operative, but directly from the source who told us they provided it to the FBI under subpoena. And we commissioned an independent forensic review to determine its authenticity. Catherine, I'm very interested. Good morning. The laptop data we had analyzed showed no evidence it was faked or tampered with. You're confident based on your analysis this is Hunter Biden's data and that it's real? Yes. Just the sheer volume of what we're dealing with, it would be difficult, uh, if not impossible, to fabricate. 
Those are uh, two cyber investigators, a father and a son from Minneapolis-based Computer Forensic Services. They found no evidence of modification, fabrication, or tampering with the laptop files or alleged laptop files. Uh, they, uh, they say a combination of files like voicemails from Joe plus the building of these files over time uh, is consistent with everyday use of the laptop. And that forms the basis for these investigators finding that uh, the laptop is indeed authentic. Uh, and it goes to show you really can do anything if you just believe a positive <laughs> attitude can really get you a long way in life. Because recall just two years ago, just before the 2020 election, CBS reporter, same network, Leslie Stahl, was telling Trump it was impossible to verify this alleged Hunter laptop. I think it's one of the biggest scandals I've ever seen, and you don't cover it. Well, because it can't be verified. You want to talk I'm about insignificant you. things. I'm telling you. Of course it can be verified. Excuse we, me, we they found the laptop. It. Leslie, it Leslie. can't be verified. What can't be verified? The laptop. She is the worst. Yeah, my favorite was when she watched Hitler videos with Susan to uh, decide which ones should and should not be allowed. And they decided it depends on the context of the uploader. If the yeah. uploader did it for loving reasons, it was fine. If the <sighs> uploader did it for Hitler friendly reasons, it had to be taken down. It, even if it was the same speech posted by two different accounts, different rules for different accounts was the the conclusion. <laughs> um, Early life check on both of them. <laughs> okay. Recall, of course, the uh, significance of the laptop is not just uh, videos of a drug-fueled foot job from an anonymous prostitute. Although that is some of it, right? It's on there. I assume they watched <laughs> the video when they verified it and said, yeah, that is uh, Hunter's wiener. We can confirm. But <sighs> it's actually the, the business dealings in China and elsewhere that held 10% for the big guy and Joe Biden's ongoing denial of any knowledge, not only a denial of, of knowledge of the business dealings, but certainly denial that he, in fact, received a kickback or a benefit and that he is the big guy. But uh, he has pledged to find out who the real big guy is. No, he has, actually hasn't even done that. We can't find the real big guy even. Just just uh, end the investigation there. Uh, Hunter Biden remains under Justice Department investigation for tax evasion and lying on a gun purchase form. Congressional Republicans, of course, are also launching an investigation into his overseas business dealings, focusing on what Joe knew and when and any benefits Joe potentially received or the big guy, whoever he may be. Hey, uh, remember about two months ago when a Democrat politician straight up murdered a Las Vegas journalist? Uh, oh, and nobody was talking about it. Like no one gave a shit. It's pretty much. Uh, yeah, it's a it's a dead story. No pun intended, but uh I they suppose. did the same thing with the with the Biden laptop. It's like when nobody cares anymore, then they'll loosely address it. Yeah. Well, uh, this, of course, uh, never prompted any media figures to um, to say that this story proved that our democracy or the free press are under threat from Democrats. That never happened. You might not remember the story at all, or maybe you never even heard it in the first place. But Robert Tellis is a Democrat politician. He's now in prison. So I guess ex-politician. Formerly, at least I think he's still in there. I don't think they let him out, but maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they did release him. Anyway, uh, formerly the uh, Clark County public administrator in Clark County, Nevada. That's Las Vegas. After his staff accused him of having an inappropriate sexual relationship with, in particular, one employee. But I believe the accusations were with with a few, but in particular one. 
Uh, Las Vegas Review Journal reporter Jeff Gehrman investigated the story and he published several reports about the accusation and the evidence in the form of a video appearing to show Tellis and his office mistress having something of a fun time in the back of his car at a parking garage. Now, they maintained that they were discussing workplace matters and it was stressful and they settled it with a, uh, a very friendly hug. That's what happened inside the car all by itself in the parking garage. Checking each other for lice. Yes. Normal workplace behavior. Yeah. Uh, Tellis, by the way, was a married man. He, he may still be. I'm not sure if his wife left him or not. So the problem here was inappropriate relationships with subordinates on the public dime. That's a legal problem. Then you have the sort of moral family problem of apparently betraying his family and his wife. Well, Tellus in September went to the home of reporter Jeff Gehrman and just stabbed him to death. At least that is what is alleged. <laughs> Tellus was then arrested and charged with murder. We now have one more detail to explain why that timing was chosen. The Daily Mail now reports that Gehrman had another story ready to be published that included emails and internal messages further detailing and further demonstrating or proving the, in the inappropriate relationship in the workplace. Messages included texts and apparently photos proving the relationship. Tellis, uh, or uh, Gehrman rather, had apparently obtained these records through a public records request just prior. prior. So the, uh, the reporter has these records. He's about to publish them. Tellis, the Democrat accused murderer, was allegedly alerted of this coming story by his office mistress. And it was at that point that uh, Tellus allegedly went to Gehrman's home and killed him. So it was the last straw. Like the, this reporter was right about to yeah. prove it definitively. He had something beyond the hug in the parking garage video. And Robert Tellus said no and uh, went and uh, allegedly murdered him. And we hear nothing about this. And in, in the context of all of these stories about how the free press is under assault, our democracy is at stake. Nobody gives two shits about an actual an actual murder by a politician to cover his right. own yeah. scandal, his own maybe corruption is the wrong word, but his own malfeasance. I mean, that, that's as outrageous as it gets. Pursue it to those themes that we're constantly hearing, but you don't hear about this one. We'll see what happens at his trial or if he decides to take a plea deal. Also, hey, sp oh, do you have more to say? Oh, it's just a real risk, you know? Like it, It's not... It's not in this day and age in politics. Like, is it that bad to have an affair be discovered? I mean, if you're having an affair and you're also like raping young boys, then like, you know, kill the journalist. But like you're cheating on your wife in this day and age. Depends like, who you are. You might get away with that, too. Like uh, speaking of the next story here, I'm pretty sure. Well, I've got to be careful. That's a defamatory statement. But people get away with a lot of shit when they are connected to people. That's all I'm saying. And I'll leave it at that. You're talking about Sam Bankman Freed. Uh, yeah, the, the couple of weeks ago when we talked about it. Hey, is he going to be? Uh, is he going to be arrested? Are they going to detain him? What's going to What's going to happen here? No, uh, he's actually going to go straight to New York to speak at a conference he was previously booked at, and uh, they probably won't even ask him about his uh, uh, I what, what know, some I believe to be criminal deeds. Well, it's going to be the same leftist thing, like with Hunter Biden and like this with this murder. They're going to address. Uh, a bulk of it, they're going to address um, 
the some of the fraud issues with FTX and everything like that. But I guarantee that no one is going to touch this Ukraine money laundering thing. No one's going to oh, touch no it. No one's going to ask. They're going to say it's an open forum and they're going to chide him a little bit about his stupid Super Bowl commercials and whatever. But no one's going to talk about the big thing, which is that all of this money was going back to Democrats and it was just getting laundered. And the entire Ukrainian war is a farce so that we can launder money. No one's going to say anything about it. But it's this New York Times annual deal book summit. I was unaware of this before. But I guess um, inexplicably, Sam Bankman-Fried still has access and is to his Twitter account and he's still tweeting and he's still answering DMs. I don't know why he's not in jail at this point. Um, but he answered New York Times. Andrew Ross Sorkin uh, tweeted at him and said that he will, in fact, be speaking at this event on Wednesday. Or no, he tweeted on Wednesday. When is this event? The event is coming up on this coming Wednesday. So Wednesday, oh, what is right. that? Uh, November 30th, right? Uh, yeah. So we tweeted on Wednesday for next Wednesday. All right. Gotcha. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I guess that I guess that that's what they're going to do. And they're going to shoot them some softball questions, act like they're addressing it as responsible journalists. Um, and the American people can fuck off. I uh, I looked at the roster for this event. I don't have it handy, but it looks like a real who's who of destroying the world. I know Janet Yellen is also speaking there. It'll be Sam Bankman Freed. It'll be uh, some people who have done some serious damage and apparently are not at all afraid of accountability yeah. for that damage. Uh, on the topic of the Ukraine, what appears to be uh, the laundering of money through FTX and and through Ukraine, back to Democrat politicians. I was watching uh, a little bit of a Sunday talk show this morning, and they had two Republican politicians. I forget exactly who they were, but they were asking about uh, the the host. This was on ABC, and she was asking about uh, what the proper way to support Ukraine is. And their answer was not stop. Their answer was keep doing it with better oversight. That was their answer. Oh, great. Uh, endless checks. We're just going to have endless checks plus investigations that we get to pay for. Uh, oh, fantastic. I, I heard that only 30% of the $80 billion has actually gotten to Ukrainian forces. And then it's I that was watching, high. Yeah. There's no way it. that's true. And yeah. then I was watching Fox news today and some Ukrainian official was on, um, some conservative, you know, neocon, whatever. And he was saying that, uh, 3% of our defense budget, um, has gone to Ukraine and they've somehow, obliterated 50% of the Russian weaponry. And I was thinking that can't, there is no way that is true. We There's are giving no more money. I, I believe I'm correct. We've, we're giving more money on a, an annualized basis to Ukraine than we spent fighting the war in Afghanistan ourselves. I, I, I think the spending, whether it's weapon aid or cash or, you know, however this is quantified, it's not all dollars. Well, right. But I mean, we're I mean, pouring I, more I, into this than we, put ourselves into Afghanistan. It's clearly more than 3%, but I don't know how anybody can make the statement that they, that they have obliterated 50% of the, of the Russian hmm. weaponry. Like how would we even know the extent of that? It's just a, such a preposterous statement. Anyway, nobody's telling the truth about what's going on there and no one's uh, ever going to know how much money was actually received by the people that we thought they were get, getting it to. So I don't know. Well, uh, in a completely unrelated topic, Previously, as I've referenced before, I've just accepted the fact that football is gay and specifically the NFL you, is gay. Well, I, I I still watch it because I can't quit, but they're telling me it's gay. They said that yeah. like I can't deny that it's gay. Doesn't mean I've finally quit, but, you know, I'm an addict. It's uh, eventually I'll get it's, there. It's I a need, problem. My I husband was watching football yesterday and I saw a guy whose jersey said Phoenix Jr. What? Who's that? I, I haven't seen I that know. one. 
Penix, P-E-N-I-X? P-E-N-I-X. Penix, Michael Penix Jr. He is a football quarterback for the Washington Huskies. Oh, a college team. Okay. That's why I haven't seen it. Okay. I hope he gets drafted. Uh, Diego Fago, uh, the rest of them. Mr. Penix Jr. Exactly. Well, so I've surrendered that point. But previously, you've defended (laughs) hockey as not gay, or at least among the least gay sports. We had the clues that hockey's not gay days were numbered as soon as they commissioned a diversity and equity and inclusion report uh, a few weeks ago in which their diversity officer pledged uh, mainly to bring hockey to black chicks, as far as I recall, because that's the only reason that black chicks don't like hockey. They've just never seen it before. Once they do, they're hooked, though. They can't get enough. Well, now hockey and the NHL are fully gay or at least fully trans. On Tuesday, the NHL tweeted the news that it has hosted its first transgender and non-binary hockey tournament in Middletown, Wisconsin. Now, I thought this meant that they had guys playing chicks. They're saying it was an entirely transgender and non-binary league of players, if I understand this correctly. But that's not really the point. One Twitter account responded, so men playing on on a women's team? And the official NHL account responded, trans women are women, trans men are men, non-binary identity is real. So, not even hockey is safe. Uh, And since trans men are men, no word from the NHL yet, uh, on why they continue the transphobia of drafting exactly zero trans men players in the history of the league. I want to see some trans players get their teeth knocked out. That'd be hilarious. More trannies on on men's sports teams, especially the violent ones. I love it. (laughs) Okay. uh, Lastly, before we get to the uh, the Trump dinner, this is just one of the greatest cell phones I've ever seen. So I just just have to bring it up. (laughs) Alyssa Milano has decided that she's had enough of Elon Musk and his uh, enabling of Nazis on Twitter. And so she's getting rid of her Tesla to show him. And she tweeted, quote, I gave back my Tesla. I bought the VW EV as in Volkswagen electric vehicle, and I love it. I'm not sure how advertisers can buy space on Twitter, publicly traded companies, products being pushed in alignment with hate and white supremacy doesn't seem to be a winning business model. The Hodge twins correctly noted in response, Volkswagen was literally founded by Nazis and Hitler (laughs) and Elon Musk personally responded with a cry laughing uh, with cry laughing and and the 100 emoji that's it there's there's nothing more to add than that i did look at the history though and that that uh that checks out i knew that the german translation of volkswagen was the people's car or the folks car um but hitler hitler had a personal hand in it if not in the original founding as the company developed through nazi era germany but the cars used to be better. I've never had a VW, so I, I wouldn't be able to tell you. Well, as I mentioned, speaking of Nazis, it's a perfect transition. Uh, it was the most racist and hateful Thanksgiving dinner ever to be served or eaten. Even more hateful than the original one uh, when we duped the Indians to give us all their shit before we smallpoxed them. It was even worse than Oops. that. That's right. White supremacism has now combined forces with rap music to form an unlikely and unholy political alliance. And it's all Trump's fault. And you 
must disavow. You must disavow as hard and as often as you can. That is the Twitter requirement over the weekend. So as far as what happened here, uh, the rapper formerly known as Kanye West, now legally defined, uh, legally identified rather as Ye, not Ye. Don't make the Ye mistake. Ye, I just go by Kanye. So forgive me, Ye. But he, of course, is formally running for president. And on the 15th, Trump formally announced his returning campaign for president as well. So Kanye and Trump have a relationship prior. Kanye visited the White House wearing a MAGA hat during Trump's tenure. The media went crazy. I remember playing some of those clips on the stream at the time. And of course, Kanye's ex-wife, Kim Kardashian, worked closely with Trump on prison reform and clemency for certain federal prisoners, uh, including Alice Marie Johnson, a convicted cocaine trafficker who Trump later pardoned. From Kanye's perspective, this meeting was requested so he could ask Trump to be his vice presidential running mate. Bold request. Apparently, Kanye did indeed make that request at the dinner. And so uh, the great um, the great Trump yay meeting is not really the controversy, though. The controversy is who else Kanye brought with him. On Tuesday, Kanye showed up at Mar-a-Lago with former Trump st- uh, strategist Karen Giorno. Nick and Nick Fuentes, who is rumored to be Kanye's campaign communications director, plus an unnamed third person, presumably an assistant or a bodyguard. Uh, so sure did take us a long time to figure that out today. <laughs> yeah, actually, I thought Milo was there. He's not. So Milo is is Ye's campaign manager mm-hmm. and he helped facilitate the meeting, but he was not at the meeting. Yeah. The third person is some unknown, unnamed person, not Milo. I got a little confused on that. But cue the headlines. Trump hosted a Holocaust denier. Tump, uh, Tump, Trump dined with a white nationalist and a Holocaust denier. You see it everywhere. Uh, in fact, I'm told Trump planned the next Holocaust over this dinner with Kanye. They they set up the train tracks. They designed the camps. They made all the fa- the plans formalized. So. You know, vote Trump 2024 for Holocaust 2, I believe, is the official (laughs) campaign motto. At first, it was unclear if the uh, dinner included the others or if it was just Trump and Kanye. But Giorno and others confirmed that that she, Fuentes and this third person were at the dinner. So the uh, the quote from Giorno here is Nick uh, attended the dinner and sat across from the president. I sat uh, to the president's right and yay to his left. The president was by himself for dinner, uh, but invited yay to meet some people on the patio. So Trump didn't have anybody else with him. It was just this group of four. And there was maybe some additional socializing before or after. Now, Giorno confirms the group did indeed uh, eat turkey and stuffing, which she says was delicious. And yay, she reports, went back four seconds. Giorno Breaking says, the real news. Yeah, I just want to clarify, this wasn't a legit Thanksgiving dinner. Giorno said there were at least seven other tables with people having dinner nearby. So it's not like other people were parties to the conversation, but this was in something of a, a public would probably be the wrong word, but other people witnessed this happen. It was kind of out in the open at Mar-a-Lago. Uh, a source speaking with um, Cassandra Fairbanks over at Timcast says halfway through the dinner, Trump got a call, which he took privately. When Trump returned, his whole tenor changed and he started ranting about Kim Kardashian 
And at that point, the meeting became a disaster and it ended abruptly. Now, I interpret that to mean someone calling Trump and saying, you're meeting with uh, this Nick Fuentes guy. You must disavow. This is a disaster. Abort mission. And Trump got very angry and left. That, that's my guess. But someone called Trump and said, you can't be doing this. And he got very pissed off is what it sounds like and, and bailed. Kanye posted a video to Twitter explaining his side of the story, which largely aligns with uh, Giorno's account. I think the thing that Trump was most perturbed about, me asking him to be my vice president, I think that was like lower on the list of things that caught him off guard. So Trump is really impressed with Nick Fuentes. And Nick Fuentes, unlike so many of the lawyers and so many people that he was left with on his 2020 campaign, he's actually a loyalist. And when all the lawyers said, forget it, Trump's done, there were loyalists running up. And the White House, right? And my question would be, why, when you had the chance, did you not free the January Sixers? And I came to him as someone who loves Trump, and I said, go and get Corey back. Go and get these people that the media tried to cancel and told you to step away from. Since we know, and all the Christians in America that love Trump know that Trump is a conservative, we're going to demand that you hold all policies directly to the Bible. When Trump started basically screaming at me at the table telling me I was going to lose, I mean, has that ever worked for anyone in history? Telling me <laughs> You're going to lose. Tell him he's going to lose. lose. Tell I'm like, well, well, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, Trump. You're talking to Ye. I love it. This is so great. Underrated part of the story, uh, Milo looks Damn. not not right to me. I'm yeah. not... A doctor. Uh, He's had a rough decade, though, to be fair. It could be as simple. It's something about. First of all, I didn't even recognize that as him in that video. That is Milo Kanye's campaign manager speaking with him at this kind of um, after the meeting recap video. And he has something of a new haircut with the short shaven, you know. Uh, sides and stuff so it doesn't it's not a look that you commonly see from him it, it that's part of it but it's something about his eyes kind of going all weird it something just looks off maybe it's as simple as some kind of like a uh, vision problem or sight but maybe it's not that I, I probably shouldn't be speculating because it's unfair of me to do that but something looks off that's all i'm saying i don't know he's a middle-aged man now yeah maybe so maybe that's it maybe it's just his, his vision is gone i think trump fucked up Big time on this one. Well, uh, of course, we will have our uh, interpretations, but we have to allow Trump to defend himself first. Uh, Trump says Kanye is troubled and uh, and he seriously troubled. Serious. Yes, seriously troubled. So Trump posted on Truth Social yesterday. So I help a seriously troubled man who just happens to be black. Yay, Kanye West in parentheses, who has been decimated in his business and virtually everything else. And who has always been, a, uh, been good to me by allowing his request for a meeting at Mar-a-Lago alone so that I can give him very much needed advice. He shows up with three people, two of which I didn't know the other, a political person who I haven't seen in years. I told him don't run for office. It's a total waste of time. Can't win. And the fake news went crazy. So, at first, I incorrectly interpreted this to mean that Trump doesn't know who Milo and Fuentes are. That's not what he's saying because Milo wasn't there. 
He's saying he knows Giorno from the 2016 campaign. He doesn't know Fuentes and he doesn't know who this unnamed third person is. If I'm understanding what Trump is, is saying here. Now, the claim of not knowing Fuentes might conflict with what Kanye just said about Trump is very impressed with Fuentes, but Kanye might just mean impressed at this meeting. Mm -hmm. It it could be as simple as that. Did not know prior spoke with him during this meeting. Trump was impressed until someone called him and said abort mission. So those are the facts as I understand them. The theories of what happened here, there are kind of three and there are variations of each, but the, the three big ones I think are these. There is the mainstream media theory, which is as simple as it always is. Trump loves Nazis. And this was Trump just loving Nazis as he usually does using a poor mentally ill black guy and a formerly gay guy as cover for uh, Mm. his Nazi party at Mar-a-Lago. Now, the problem with this theory is that the media were allegedly, apparently, this is not fact, this is speculation, but uh, Kanye and company are saying that the media were alerted by Team Trump that the tip to media happened uh, through Jason Miller, or so is suspected. Miller leaked to the Daily Beast a false story that Fuentes was not at the meeting, potentially to protect Trump, perhaps. But if the media source to start is Trump, uh, Trump person or Trump people, well, it seems weird that this would be an intentional move by Trump, unless he's just going against his own people. But then the question is, why does he employ or associate with those people? Next, there's the sabotage theory. This is uh, primarily from Trump supporters alleging that some Trump opponent has attempted sabotage. There were accusations that potentially Candace Owens was in on it because, of course, uh, uh, Candace is a (laughs) personal friend of of Kanye's or maybe the Mercer family, a major their major Republican donors who are now turning on Trump that they helped to organize or facilitate this event as a way to trap Trump and damage his campaign. Well, the problem with this theory is it, number one, relies on Trump to be completely unaware of who he's talking to or dealing with. Now, that you might accept that premise or you might not. We'll talk about that in a minute. But if you think that Trump knows who these people and specifically Fuentes are, it can't really be sabotage because Trump would simply decline the request or refuse to participate if Kanye just shows up with them. But the other problem with this theory, as I see it, is it would require Kanye, Milo, Fuentes... Uh, and Giorno and the entire Kanye team to be unaware pawns of a bigger scheme, right. which I, I don't know. That doesn't I, seem feasible to me. No. If, if there's anyone suspicious of large scale plots and things like it, it would be, you know, Kanye and company. I don't think they're just going to take orders from someone telling them to do something. And then there's just the theory that everything is as described at face value. That everyone is telling, if not the truth, something very close to it. So Kanye asked for the meeting. Trump knows Kanye, so Trump agrees. Kanye shows up with others unknown to Trump. Kanye maybe just describes them initially as campaign staffers or assistants. That probably wouldn't seem weird. So Trump doesn't see a problem with it. Trump is then alerted during the meeting and ends the meeting. And then information leaks to the press who run with it. So uh, with those Facts and theories in mind, I'll allow you to analyze first, unless you want to punt to me. Uh, 
true. Okay, so I think that it's mostly the face value theory, but I do think that Trump, who was very plugged into alternative media, he knows who Nick Fuentes is. I understand this Nick Fuentes disavowal. He probably couldn't say that he knew who he was publicly, but I really hate this like Kanye West is mentally ill thing. I think he's done his campaign a great disservice. What he should have been doing is trying to convince Kanye to be his running mate. He would get the black vote. Nobody would be able to say he's racist. Um, I would vote for him. And now Kanye would pull you to Trump. You say I love Kanye West. Hmm. Like I, I just love the guy. I think that he's a, a little bit of a discombobulated genius, but um, he's, he's, he's fearless. Like he's just going to do whatever he's going to do. Um, and I think that he's an open-minded, an open-minded guy. I think that he really listens to new ideas. And the fact that after all of this stuff, him getting canceled and everything, he's running around with Nick Fuentes. I think that is hilarious and awesome. I think it's awesome. Uh, I think this is great. I, I, you know, I, I've got personal beef with Milo. So like, I think that that's less awesome, but I heard, I didn't watch it, but I heard Milo was great on Tim cast. I have not and seen if, the episode, but if this is Milo's resurrecting his career and if he's speaking truth to power, like he used to, and if he's the old Milo, like I will welcome him back into the fold. Um, but I think that Trump has done a disservice to his campaign because his campaign lacks energy. And that's the entire driving force of 2016. We were energized, we were optimistic, and he doesn't have that anymore. And so Gen Z is going to look at this, who I understand is not his main voting block, but Gen Z is going to look at this and be like, that is lame. That is lame that you would disavow Kanye West. That is lame that you're going to act like you don't know who Nick Fuentes is. Um, and I think that the problem here is the problem all along is that Trump's he doesn't have our back. Like he bitched out on the January 6th thing on the vaccine thing. I just I just never really felt like he had my back despite having lost a lot for supporting him. And Fuentes and Milo lost a lot to support him, too. And Kanye, for that matter. So I really feel like he just like kind of takes people's support and then throws them under the bus when they're trying to get their own thing going. Um I mean, it is hilarious, though, this clash of these two mega egos, right? Hmm. I suppose only one can survive. Kanye and Trump, yeah. And then throw Milo into the mix. It's like, can any of you people survive? Like, geez, (laughs) what do you think? Well, how many wikis would you rate Trump's response? No, I'm just I'm kidding. Yeah, really? (laughs) Uh, I actually do think that the face value theory is, is largely correct, though. Of course, I do share the the gripe with characterizing Kanye after the fact as seriously troubled and or yeah. he, he didn't say mentally ill, but it's kind of implied. If that was the case, why do you agree to participate in this meeting in the first place? I guess I'm supposed to believe it was just charitable, like it's a good guy thing to take care of a very desperate and uh, a very, uh, a very unfortunate man. But I, I don't know. I, I agree that I don't like uh, calling him that after the fact, it, it calls into question why you would agree to the meeting in the first place. But doesn't he have mega security too? Well, it does Former seem weird. President that, of the like, United States, you're just going to let a bunch of people you don't know into have dinner with you. It's like, what if? You as know, long as you're with Kanye, I guess anybody goes. Um, yeah. But I, but I do think that that there's not actually there's, you don't really have to theorize too much about what happened here. Yeah. Um, I, I, I do agree that it, it seems maybe somewhat unlikely that Trump lacked knowledge of who Fuentes. Uh, and if he meant Milo or claims not to know Milo, but that's kind of unclear. The idea that he didn't know who at least Fuentes was seems maybe a little far-fetched, but I do remind myself that Trump is a cable news-watching boomer who easily forgets 
and dismisses people who have helped him before. That's true. He's so, really old. He's almost 80, right? He does that all the time, whether it's yeah. by forgetfulness or by intentionally throwing people under the bus. So that doesn't seem that far fetched to me uh, necessarily. And for someone who doesn't watch Internet streams, and I don't think Trump does. I think he turns on Fox News and maybe MSNBC just to see what they're saying. But I don't think he's firing up, you know, uh, the, the Internet streams and specifically, you know, where Nick is streaming over on Cozy or wherever it is. Um that Trump is going to be keen to that. So to me, Fuentes probably could pass as just an assistant to someone like Trump. And, and none of this is to say that that's good or that like Trump has no responsibility in that. It just means that it's more plausible to me, uh, more plausible rather than Trump either intended a secret meeting, um, but then held it out in the open or that this was some broader plot that captured Kanye and Milo and Fuentes as pawns to get Trump. It's bad from a discipline perspective because if you're doing dinners and then immediately disavowing it, it means that you weren't thinking ahead of time, whether it's the right thing to do for your campaign or not. It just means you're not being deliberate about your meetings. I'm not trying to police who he can and can't talk to. It's just, if you grant a meeting, you should be deliberate about it and have a purpose for it. And when right. you just backtrack and disavow it after the fact, it, it means that you weren't. It means that you didn't. Um, and it's it's bad from a political perspective, too, because it just pisses off everyone. The fans of Kanye, fans of Fuentes, um, the other people involved in this meeting, they're going to feel betrayed by the disavowal. The left, of course, they're just going to be pissed because this is another even bigger Trump is a Nazi angle that they can go with. It's just more. Uh, ammo there. DeSantis inclined uh, establishment type Republicans. They already hate Trump. It's more ammunition for them. But at the end of the day, I'm actually not sure that it really matters all that much either because I'm not sure whose vote this actually changes. Number one, because people who believe Trump's a Nazi already believe Trump's a Nazi. I, I don't right. think that this meeting is going to change someone's mind there. Um, and, yeah, that's true. And because of the distance from the actual vote itself, we're more than a year away. And I have a hard time believing anyone's going to the Iowa caucuses thinking about that meeting that Trump had with Nick Fuentes more than a year ago. Yeah. Yeah. But I also think that the Trump and conservatives have way bigger problems in terms of voting structures and their paths uh, to victory or lack thereof mm-hmm. that make that unlikely anyway, as we've just watched in the midterms. Overall, I, I appreciated what Jesse Kelly uh, had to say in response to this entire event. Just general summary, I'm just tired of playing defense. I'm tired of being browbeaten to disavow conversations and dinners, <laughs> Yeah, even if they are people with terrible ideas. I'm not here to pull, to ideologically police people. Mm-hmm. But even if it's the worst, most evil conversation ever, we're talking about conversation over dinner in the context of a presidency currently bankrupting our country, trashing our rights, uh, plotting to disarm you, as we'll get to later, uh, and, and and just absolutely flushing our country down the toilet every step they can take. So if you want condemnation, I agree. I agree with Jesse Kelly here. So you got to start playing offense. If we're doing the disavow game, start disavowing pedo Peter and his son Hunter. If we're going disavow, then let's, let's really disavow and let's demand yeah. disavowal for the things that are, that are harming the country, not just people talking to each other. So whatever you think of Kanye or Milo or Nick Fuentes, and I, I nothing I'm saying here is meant to endorse the candidacy of, or the ideology of any of them. It's just to say that this dinner is nothing close 
to a top problem facing this country. And yet it obscures them. This is something that will be a top headline over the weekend, not uh, how your country continues to suffer because of people at the, uh, the levers of control. Are you going to vote for him again? Um, would I vote for Trump if the election was today? Yeah, sure. Um, would I vote for Kanye over, <laughs> over Biden? Sure. Am I convinced that we're going to vote our way out of these problems? Not at all. I, I stand by <laughs> my current perspective of it can't hurt. Definitely can't hurt to fill out the piece of paper, but I, I don't think it matters whether you put up Kanye, whether you put up Trump, whether you put up DeSantis, get back to me when you, when you find a candidate of such undeniable quality that you actually win Pennsylvania, Georgia, Arizona, Wisconsin, Michigan, the states with a lot of these structures in place that as far as I can tell, based on the last two, make it almost impossible for a Republican candidate to win. I we invite need to cheat better guys. <laughs> Start your ballot harvesting operations now. Yeah. Um, anyway, did you have any more to say about this meeting? No, I mean, I don't, I don't particularly care. You're probably right that it's not going to change people's perception that much. But initially when I heard this, I was like, oh, this is this is not good for Trump. Yeah, I don't uh, I, I, I don't see any positive. I don't see how he makes gains with anybody out of this. I will write but. in Kanye after they kill him. <laughs> I will break Kanye, my yeah. My Kanye did not, not kill himself. That yeah. uh, I, I am not suicidal, dude. I don't even like to make that joke because it would not shock me to see that happen uh, at all anytime soon. Yeah. I, I, yeah, for real. Yeah. So thank you for the uh, for the Jesse uh, reference. I, oh, there it is. Sorry, it took me way too long to find it, but I never get to play it. I am not suicidal. All right, we're ten minutes before the top of the hour. You want to talk the. Uh, Colorado Springs gay bar shooting. Yeah. How weird was this? We might be a little bit late on our chats, but bear with us, guys. Thank you for your patience. Um, last week, I believe you described the Colorado Springs gay bar shooter, Anderson Aldrich, at least the way he looked in the few photos that were available at the time as, quote, like a fat lesbian, I, I think. Oh, did I say that? That was really spot on if he's not lying to get out of the hate crime charge. Well, not only did you get the BMI correct, not only did you get maybe the feminine identity correct, you also got the <laughs> uh, the trademarked lesbian bruises correct. You really nailed nice. it. Nice. I'm really, really nailing yeah. it. Yeah. Um, turns out uh, it, it wasn't uh, it wasn't very far off at all not just like metaphorically jokingly but as a literal description this of course is the mugshot for uh, from the Colorado Springs jail certainly looks very oh, fat and lesbiany that is so bad in his criminal head shape where uh, does his brain go i was going to ask you if you had thoughts about what seriously <laughs> is the whole back part of that kid's brain missing the side profile is traffic cone okay <laughs> like, for sure what? yeah uh it, yeah you know you know what this reminds me of it reminds me of um my son's head shape right when he was born you know how yeah it, really it has to be crushed and elongated to get its way out of there has that kid been stuck in a vaginal canal for 20 years yeah how did maybe, that happen maybe it's that the bruising of course is not due to a lesbian domestic fight the bruising or being stuck in the birth canal right the bruising is due to club q patrons beating him with his own firearm and other weapons upon confrontation now the other reason that um fat lesbian is not way off as a descriptor is because late tuesday night uh, a court filing from aldrich's lawyers uh, 
said that he's transgender. He's non-binary, meaning he is sometimes uh, identifying as male, sometimes identifying as female, or sometimes neither. And he will not be addressed with gendered pronouns. What do these court filings say? Uh, yeah, the court filings actually say um, in a subnote, Anderson Aldrich is non-binary. They use they them pronouns for the purpose of all formal filings. We will be ad- we will be addressing will be addressed as MX Aldrich. How do they say this? (laughs) I don't know. Mix Aldrich. Yeah. How about that? Mix Aldrich. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I, I, this might be a, a play, right? Well, that is the speculation of one of the analysts speaking with, uh, Alison Camerota or Camerata. I always forget how to say her name. The lady on CNN, this created several very memorable CNN moments, uh, but specifically Allison Camerata being uh, speechless upon learning that the shooter actually identifies as uh, non-binary. Attorneys for the accused shooter say in new court filings tonight that the suspect now identifies as non-binary. They use they, them pronouns. I don't know what to say about that. I mean, that's not anything that we had heard from his background. You know, people have been looking into his background. And uh, I don't know if anybody here, are you guys lawyers? I mean, you know, I don't know if, I I don't know what to say about that. I mean, that's what he's now saying. It it sounds like they're trying to prepare a defense against a hate crimes charge. Yeah, you're probably right, though. Like, why would it really matter? They're going to throw the book at this guy. It's like one less hate crime charge. Is that really going to do anything? It's like Daryl Brooks. Maybe maybe he could have got 700 years instead of 1,200. But yeah, what difference Um, does it make? It's also possible that it's true that he had some like major issues from being probably sexualized as a as a kid by his weird drug addicted porn dad. I mean, probably had something to do with it, I would imagine. Uh, this this explanation. Well, we saw nothing about this prior. Yeah, that's because uh, it's been a couple days. Nobody investigated anything. You couldn't wait for the facts, and you jumped to the conclusion that this was, this was obviously some right wing lunatic motivated by hate for the yeah. gay community. We didn't see anything prior. You didn't look for anything prior. You couldn't be bothered. That's why that happened. Now, as far as I I, I don't know what to make of this. I I don't know that it's necessarily evidence of transgender identity. But it's adjacent. It is notable that the suspect did change his name in 2016. However, he did change it to a masculine name. He, he, he was born Nicholas Brink. Legally changed his name to Anderson Lee Aldrich as a teenager in Behar County, Texas. What is that? So? The reasoning being that the minor wishes to protect himself and his future from any connections with his birth father and his birth father's criminal history. So maybe it's just as simple as an argument with dad. Maybe there's some identity component to that name change, but he did change his name as a 16 year old. Right. And um, more importantly, since when is it okay to question other people's gender identity or the timing (laughs) with which they assert it? Suddenly that's fine. I thought it was bigotry to question anyone when they tell you who they are, but that conflict created maybe the most hilarious CNN segment I've ever seen it's got to be at least a nominee for that award. Again, Alison Camerata uh, speaking. Uh, she, she brought on trans activist Natalie Bingham, who is a biological man, to discuss how offensive and illegitimate it is for an obvious man to pretend to be a woman. 
the attorneys for the shooter are now saying that the shooter is non-binary. The shooter would like to use the pronouns they, them. I think that's um, complete ludicrous. <laughs> I believe they're just saying that because they want to have the easy way out on this. That's really, really um, offending, especially being a transgender woman myself, that a male, which it was obvious with the mugshot, that's a man, that's not a non-binary person because in no way, shape or form could they appear as a woman the next day. Why would you do that to a community where you are welcomed in if you are non-binary? Excellent question. Obviously, all of this will have to be answered. That's clearly a dude. Excellent That tranny question. looks so much like Michaela Peterson. Wait, wait, wait. Can I get this back up? Hold on. Uh, excellent question. Now, here we go. Yeah, the... Uh, the question is, what is the difference between this man pretending to be a woman and yeah. the bruised fat guy pretending to be a woman? Because this this tranny's putting in way more effort. Because he put uh, what bronzer he bronzer on, okay? Yeah, he did a, a you know high school level makeup job and maybe dyed his hair a little bit, put a little conditioner yeah. in it. Yeah, that's a wig, right? So if that's that's the distinction, right? The the effort for the costume, the dick and balls are the same. The chromosomes. Specifically, the Y chromosomes are the same. I didn't know transgenderism was reduced to just a Halloween costume contest. That's what we're talking about here. You have yeah, to look stereotypically female to be a legitimate transgender woman. The, the transgender gatekeeping, I love. Suddenly, it's not everyone is who they say they are. It's I get to judge who's a man and a woman, not by their biological characteristics, but just whether they pass the eye test. Yeah. According to me a slightly higher effort than average tranny. Although I agree with that to some degree, because I really feel like um, lowering the threshold for, for transgender people uh, just allows more people to take advantage of it. Like, I really want you to show some commitment. Like you're going to be a tranny. You go on hormone therapy, you cut it off and then we'll talk. Okay. And if I that's still the won't call you a woman. It's not the costume. It's the, <clears throat> it's the, it's the surgery. Yeah. I mean, that's yeah. my standard. Like we used to call these people uh, transsexuals and cross-dressers and things like that. And I actually think there was a, a lot more accuracy in those statements. Now, everybody that puts a wig on is fucking transgender. It's retarded. Uh, of course, while we debate gender identity and as we'll get to gun control, the most obvious factor will be mostly ignored. But at least there was this interview. Uh, this Anderson Aldrich, the shooter, he came from a completely broken home. But some what reporters, a surprise. They, they tracked down his dad with whom the shooter ha had been separated for some time in possibly the only segment more ridiculous than the trans gatekeeping that we just saw on CNN. This guy's dad describes the feeling of relief when he learned that his mass shooter son is not gay. There was a shooting involving you know, there were multiple people. Right. And then I thought they were on going to find it's a, a gay bar. Yeah, right. And, and, and I was like, oh my God, is he gay? As a scare, oh my God, shit, is he gay? Hmm. And he's not gay. So it's like, it's, it's, well, you guys had had conversations about that. You, you were, oh, yeah, so like, you, you, I was you adamant. Him, yeah, you were adamant that gay is gay. Adamant, is this ain't bad. Yeah. I'm, I'm a Mormon, I'm a, a conservative Republican. And we don't do gay. We don't do, yeah. gay. we don't do gay. Well, he's accused of going on a mass shooting at a gay bar and killing five people. Colorado. Okay. Well, well, I saw shit. I'm excused to do that. I, I, I'm not gay. 
Oh, I can say that by by okay. How many he took all the drugs. <laughs> He's made of drugs at this yeah. point. Yeah. Oh, good God. My God. It uh yeah, I'm a conservative Mormon Republican who is uh well, had a stint as a pornography actor, was addicted to drugs for some time, and taught his son the value of violence when he was young. Now, don't get me wrong. I, I also intend to teach my son to understand violence, um, but violence has its moral limitations and its moral yeah. applications. That is the crucial counterweight. Sounds like the counterweight was not exercised or taught in this particular lesson. Quote the father. I praised him, the shooter, for violent behavior very early. I told him it works. It is instant and you'll get immediate results, the father said. Uh, probably not the best lesson to teach a young man. No, of course not. All these people uh, have the same. He reminds me of Nicholas Cruz, like the look in his eye. Hmm. Just kind of like a vacant, crazy look. I mean, all these people come from broken homes have major pathology clearly some underlying mental health issues and it's just this perfect storm uh that that creates these these violent shooters right another piece of the story in 2016 when aldrich changed his name as i referenced his mom called his estranged dad and said that his son has changed had changed his name and killed himself so he thought his son was dead for roughly six years until his son uh, Aldrich called him six months ago and then just started arguing with him. What? Yeah. So his dad has not been a part of his life for the last since since the kid was was 16. And he reentered it just to have some kind of rage fight with him in the months preceding the shooting. Again, we're going to talk about gender identity. We're going to talk about gun control. We're not really going to discuss how maybe having a drug addicted porn actor violence praising absentee father father yeah is uh, a slight factor in becoming an absolute psychopath Man. aldrich's next court date is december 6th where he will be formally charged the preliminary charges are five counts of first degree murder and five counts of a bias motivated crime otherwise known as a hate crime we'll see how that That's plays dumb. out with reference to his uh Newly uncovered transgender or non-binary identity. Wow, In a moment, I, I want to get up. to... Um, How many people did he kill? It was five, but I, I, I he injured... Like 25? 18 plus. It might have been way more than that. So they're going to be Some a lot more Some of those people charges. got injured in a trampling event, though. Yeah. Uh, there will be more charges beyond just the murder charges, no doubt. Um, I want to get to the uh, another shooting that doesn't count. Uh, another shooting of color using a handgun that doesn't count at a Virginia Walmart... But uh, we're, we should probably take a break before we get into that. And Joe's renewed call for gun control in response. Sure. All right. Captain Norway, thank you. Uh, <laughs> uh, I bought PN. Thank you. No, no. We appreciate that, sir. Um, Guardian 452. Effing thing sucks. I assume you're talking about Biden not being able to answer his own phone. Uh, um, yeah, I don't... <laughs> Uh, yeah, the classic Bill O'Reilly line, which I always neglect to put in the uh, in the intro. And to iBot, thank you as always. Appreciate it. Over Daniel, a billion, Kunkel, there's a documentary. A trillion, two hundred billion dollars. Oh God, that's so bad. Oh, uh, Daniel Kunkel, there's a documentary on Rumble called "Died Suddenly," which covers the abnormal deaths associated with the jab. Everything from the blood clots to a spike in miscarriage and stillbirth. Stay pure blood. 
I watched it. It was um, truly a validating experience. You know, uh, you you should watch it, Skag. It's shocking. My, my wife uh, did watch it over the holiday, and she said that it was kind of gross from like a medical perspective. Kind of gross. Oh, the clots they were that these um, embalmers were pulling out of people, and these medical examiners were pulling out of people's hearts and their hmm. legs. Just crazy stuff, like crazy blood clots. Like I've never seen anything like it before. Um, it was it was dark, you know. The people that uh, some people very dear to me got vaccinated, and like, I don't want to watch them die. Is it tough but, to watch from that just gross visuals perspective? Not that I can't handle gross visuals, but how prepared should I be? Uh, I don't know. How squeamish are you? I mean, I've watched the Mexican cartel video, so it can't be worse oh, than that. No, no, it's fine. I mean, I had no problem with it, but like, I've watched autopsies before, just like. For hmm. fun. I'm just joking. I wouldn't do that. No, I'll, I'll um, check it out. It's really, it's really gory in that way. But um, it, it is a validating experience. Like when, when you're so blackpilled, it's like, well, at least I have being right, right? Yeah. <laughs> Wicked Massel, what do you think about your own, your very own senator, Steve Daines, being in charge of the National Republican Senatorial Committee? Optimistic or sad? Do you think he's an above average, below average, or ordinary? Republican senator. You know, I don't uh, I'm, I, I can't say that I'm a huge fan or any kind of opponent. Um, I can say that you can count on him for probably more establishment Republican politics. Incidentally, I have um, met Steve Daines, not because of anything, any reason for me to meet him, but because we were at an event with which we were both both associated that wasn't actually purely political bathhouse. And because he's a very nice, friendly guy. Oh, yeah. He, he walked up to the table with my wife and me and oh, he introduced oh. himself. And I hear I'm thinking like, whoa, a U.S. senator knows who I am. And he asks, so what are you studying? Because this was a Montana State <laughs> University event. And I was like, what the Damn. hell do you mean? What am I studying? I thought, don't you know? You who think I I'm just am? one of these idiot college kids? Son of a bitch. <laughs> so Steve Daines just thought I was some dumb college kid, though. I guess maybe I should uh. feel happy in him thinking that I looked Young enough to qualify. Steve Dane sucks. That's the moral of that story. Well, I guess he doesn't watch the stream. But uh, does that make I get like, would I rather have someone from Montana running the show? I I don't know that that matters too much to me. The, the concern I have about Steve Dane's, too, that a lot of people have is he had a lot of prior business connections to China before he became a U.S. senator. And mm. uh, it doesn't mean I'm that I that. it doesn't. Well. <laughs> Based China, huh? Based China and based Steve Danes. I don't know uh, how based China is. We'll talk about it. Soon. Yeah, things are getting a little wild there. But um, it, it would be unfair for me to overly scrutinize Steve Danes. I, I haven't I haven't followed his career as closely as I should, being one of his constituents. But I can tell you, perfectly nice, friendly guy. For all he for all he knew, I was Nick Fuentes, and he could have got himself in trouble. <laughs> Nobody got a photo. I don't think. Did I already thank Max? Thank you. A son yeah. of the wolf. My wife and I welcomed our first boy on the 14th of November. We're already researching homeschooling, keeping all of our kids out of public schools. Congratulations. That's so great. That's uh, great um, news. Congrats, guys. JRC1, our government is a complete facade. Tear it down and build it up the way our Constitution originally devised. No excuses. I am about to make a video about this. Like a solo video? Yes, I can't I believe it. Scripting it today, I know that well, you'll believe it when you see it. Yeah, I, I am. It's actually about constitutional conservatives and how ah. they need to face the wall. So. 
Okay, fine. Let's just agree. Amendment one is replaced. Amendment two becomes amendment one. Amendment one is no, seriously, big bird costumes for turncoats. For real. Well, I've been reading the Federalist Papers and like, it seems like they had anticipated most of these problems, mm-hmm. uh, but still not and couldn't stop them through the Constitution. Well, no, in their defense, as I will often repeat, you can't stop anybody with a piece of paper. You can only write down the values that have to be defended by men. And if men are unwilling to defend those values, doesn't matter what the paper says. It could be anything from the communist manifesto to the Bible, to the constitution. Doesn't mean shit. If everyone just lays down and uh, we've done a lot of laying down in recent years. I don't exclude myself from that. I include myself. I wish I had bravery sufficient to do more. There are things I, You've been really great on COVID. I don't know what else you <laughs> could have possibly I got done. No, I mean, I just like. Hey, that is no small thing. And no, I'm not a, undermining you. That's a good litmus The COVID test. thing just, was the, the biggest litmus test of them all. I just mean of that era, the constitutional era, the uh, Revolutionary War era. There were guys willing to put their lives on the line for these values. And and um, I don't know. I mean, I, I just hope if if the necessity came for me to do that, that I'd be brave enough to do it. That's all I'm saying. I think and, you would. Uh, well. Uh, if, if, if those guys were alive today, they would say, uh, the necessity is long past. You, uh, you've let it go on long enough. Yeah. But here yeah. we are. Son of the wolf. I just read that. Thank you. Um, last one for right now, Irish Nat one, one seven. This is my last time watching live for a few months. Our second is arriving on Tuesday via scheduled C-section. So bath and bedtime for our toddler will fall to dad for a mm. few months. Merry Christmas. You too. And I'll catch the show when I'm not asleep. Thank you so much. Congratulations. Congratulations. I will allow the pause, but I expect you back promptly as soon as uh, bedtime is resolved (laughs) or rescheduled for a later uh, time. Thank you. Appreciate it. And congratulations. We will come back to your chats later Um, toward the end of the stream. I'll have to just circle back with you. Let's get back into the news. Uh, I mentioned there was another shooting that doesn't count because it was a shooting of color and it used a handgun. Uh, or the shooter used a handgun. What are the uh, details here about the Virginia Walmart shooting? Uh, yeah. So this guy, apparently this, he went postal. It's what it sounds like. Hmm. Um, Actual workplace of, violence. Yeah. Killed a bunch of colleagues. Um, he did not really have a history of violence, but it sounds like he was under the impression that people at his work had hacked his phone. And so we killed his supervisor and several other people. Um, but the most interesting part about this, uh, this shooting is that he had not necessarily a manifesto, but um, like a really uh, coherent uh, death note. Did you read the whole thing? It was I've not Twitter. read the note. I know he wrote one, but I don't know what it said. Um, okay. So he said, sorry, everyone, but I did not plan this. I promise things just fell in place like I was led by Satan. My only wish was that uh, uh, my only wish would have been to start over from scratch and that my parents would have paid closer attention to my social deficits. Um, And then he believed that he had lost his dignity at work when his phone was hacked. My true intent was never to murder anyone, believe it or not. I was actually one of the most loving people in the world. If you get to know me, I just wanted a wife that was equally yoked as I and obsessed over the thought. However, I didn't deserve a wife. I hope that people will learn from everyone's mistakes and truly love God and not the material possessions of the world. I was harassed by idiots of low intelligence and a lack of wisdom, uh, presumably at his work. The associates gave me evil, twisted grins, mocked me and celebrated my downfall the last day. He overheard two of his colleagues um, talking about how he was worthless and they were going to try to uh, like get him out of the company. Um, 
And then it sounds like that was uh, compounded by some incel type philosophies. So, but then his head shape and uh, physiognomy lead me to believe that he was just like a. No, no, it was everyone else who had low intelligence and a lack of wisdom. (laughs) You misunderstood. I don't know. There, uh, I, I always find wisdom in these in these manifestos and these these shooting notes and stuff. Like this one always... spoke to you, or was it was it lame? No, it spoke to me because <laughs> um, it, it's just another man, celibate man on the edge, in in some crappy job, hmm. no prospects. Um, obviously, there are other ways to work out your aggressions, but but it's sad to see this. And he straight up said, like, I wish my parents would have been more supportive and even acknowledge that I had these major social deficits. Yeah. Yeah. Seriously um, speaking, a man without purpose is a very dangerous thing. We learned that really in dangerous. Yeah. Colorado Springs. We're learning it. sounds like in this context, really in a lot, if not almost all mass shootings, yeah. which are yeah. pretty much exclusively younger men who do them ranging in ages from, you know, teen years up to maybe 30 or so it's young men without purpose, young men, yeah without a reason to get up every morning. Yep, exactly. And then often these things are precipitated by a major life event. And I know his mother had died recently and he decided not to kill his coworker that had, I believe the same kind of cancer that his mother died, died. of. Wow. Um, but it was really methodical, like really well thought out. He was just at the end of his rope. I don't want to say that I understand why these people do these things. That's not really what, like this is a horrible, tragic awful evil thing that of he course. has done but i think that people um that that don't have any sexual outlets that don't have any support that they don't have the support of a wife or of a family and that are in dead end jobs it's just and that have pre-existing mental health issues it's just easier for them to do stuff like this yeah uh, reasons are distinct from justifications and I get frustrated because oftentimes there's shaming of this that sort of discussion like you can't honestly listen to what this shooter had to say because that's glorifying him or that's uh, allowing him to pursue the notoriety that he wants. These things happen for a reason. That is not to say that they are justified. Those are distinct things. Right. But it is to say that these people don't randomly do it. Typically, sometimes it's like the Las Vegas case. <laughs> like, we don't know why he did it. He just did. But most of the time, there's some factor in the lives of these people that explains why. I think that we should be curious to identify those factors, both because that's just an inherent value of an investigation, but because our own safety and and the health of our society depends on it. So, yeah, anybody who wants to get upset about understanding the shooters, it would be good to understand them so we can stop them so we can reduce the frequency of this sort of event. Right. And when everybody talks about gun control and how that's the that's the issue, like we are seeing an uptick in crimes like these, although statistically I'm not really sure if we are, but we're noticing them. And, and the problem is that people are falling through the cracks because they don't have social support. And that is a multifactorial problem. I mean, it's a, it's a nuclear family problem. It's a societal problem. It's a lack of trust in in our culture problem. Um, he literally said like, I wish I had a wife that, that I was equally yoked with. Do you think this guy would do this if he was in a good marriage and had kids? Like, I don't think so. No, of course not. Once you're in that situation, every decision I make in my life daily has to be calculated according to how it's going to fit in or be to the benefit of my wife and my son. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I I can't make foolish decisions because they're 
livelihood, their quality of life depends on it. Um, and until we correct the gender imbalance and stop, you know, enforcing policies and creating policies um, that destroy the nuclear family and people don't have so much economic distress, these things will continue to, ha- to, to happen. It's like the Joker. Yeah. Uh, point of fact on the gun, he must have not had a criminal history anyway, because the, according to this NPR reporting, he bought the nine millimeter handgun legally the morning of the shooting. Yeah. So yeah. I don't know what law you think you're going to pass to stop that. Other than the banning of all guns, but that's what they're going to go with. The banning of all guns, or at least something close to that. Yeah. Um, Biden spent his Thanksgiving in Nantucket, briefly speaking with reporters, and he says there's no reason for anyone to own a semi-automatic gun at all, and that it's sick that we sell them, and he's going to do what he can to ban so-called assault weapons. Here was the president in uh, Nantucket. The idea we still allow semi-automatic weapons to be purchased is sick. It's just sick. It has no, no social redeeming value. Zero. None. I'm going to try. What will you try and do? I'm going to try to get rid of assault weapons. During the lame duck? I'm going to do it whenever I got to make that assessment as I get in and start counting the votes. Now, did he literally mean semi-autos generally? Because that's nearly all modern guns. Um, or did he just mean he wants to ban the scary black semi-autos that he calls yeah. assault weapons? Sort of unclear. If he actually meant semi-autos, though, understand that he means he would ban every Glock, every SIG, every Smith & Wesson handgun. Maybe you can have revolvers, who knows. But effectively, all of those that are popular home defense handguns, uh, popular concealed carry weapons to defend yourself or your community... Uh, And as far as no reason to have one, I will remind the president and everybody listening that uh, once upon a time, the beloved CDC actually studied defensive gun use. This was way back in 2013. They concluded that defensive gun use is at least as common as criminal attacks with guns. (laughs) So there would be a reason to have one. You might not be a sick person if you're one of the, by this estimation, Estimates ranging from 500,000 to more than 3 million justified self-defense gun uses Mm -hmm. on an annual basis. If you're one of those people, it'd be news to you that you're a sicko who has no redeeming social value to your choice of firearm. Uh, But if there's no reason to ever have one of these, why do police have them? What possible value are they upholding with their possession (laughs) of these weapons? We have to disarm the police, too. That's the only deal I'm taking. All right. Um, it's not going to happen though. This is all sort of a, a silly discussion, or at least, um, one that is theoretical only zero chance that mansion and cinema are going to repeal the filibuster to do this within the next three weeks that they've already refused to nuke the filibuster in other contexts to pass some gun control bill uh, on a condensed timeline before Christmas. That's not going to happen. Yeah. I would like to say zero chance. Maybe I'll say 1% that the new house will do this after they're sworn in. Of course, Republicans take control, but there are some soft ones that maybe you can't count on. But even if the house did pass some bill like this, the the Senate breaking the filibuster, even with the addition of, of uh, a bonus Senate uh, Senate seat, if that's how it plays out, I just don't see that happening. So uh, Biden should probably stick to what he knows best, especially when he's on vacation, which is of course, creeping on kids. Some kids at the Lemon Press Restaurant 
in Nantucket spotted Joe and Jill walking on the sidewalk outside and they tapped on the glass to get Joe's attention. And this horrifying image was the result. Uh, this is Joe creepily peeking through the window to a couple of little girls who look, I guess they were enthusiastic about it, but they look at least a little nervous. And you always got to love it when people actually become the meme. There's Joe Biden looking through the window, being a sicko, actually becoming the meme. So good for him. Man. Do you have any thoughts? Thoughts about the president's window creeping while he's on vacation? That the one in the middle is like, I'm about to get molested. That's what's happening here. The uh, the girl at the center frame. Yeah. She's like, oh, yeah. (laughs) God, he looks so ancient. I think there's a there's another one in here where he's smiling. What's the other photo? Oh, yeah, there's this one. Let me pull up this one. Here's a smiling Joe from uh, from outside. (laughs) I don't even know what he's looking at in that photo. Anyway. All right. Well, let's let's, keep cruising because I want to get to this hoax hate. Yeah, there are a lot of good ones. And I I do have a lot to say about this movie as well. So uh, I I can't think of a good transition. Whatever. Um, Fauci's farewell. Tuesday uh, after a lot of praise from Corinne Jean-Pierre, Dr. Fauci joined White House Coronavirus Response Coordinator Dr. Ashish Jha for what could be, likely will be, Fauci's final press conference as director of the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases. Fauci, of course, plans to step down at the end of the year. But before he goes, he has one more important message for you. You must get vaccinated with the new updated booster. It works really, really well, even though it wears off really quickly. And you have to keep getting it over and over and over to make it work. And somehow all of that makes sense. But just shut up. Listen to Fauci. Stop spreading misinformation. Here is Fauci and Ja telling you what to do and what to think. As good as the vaccine is, the immunity and protection wanes over time. So my message and my final message, maybe the final message I give you from this podium, is that please get your updated COVID-19 shot as soon as you're eligible. We can prevent essentially every COVID death in America, but it's going to take all of us to make that happen. So please get your COVID shot, get your flu shot. That's why God gave you two arms. You can one in each arm if you want. The people who have correct information (laughs) who take science seriously, need to speak up more because the other side that just keeps putting out misinformation and disinformation seems to be tireless in that effort. America's physicians, like the real leaders of American medicine, the people you trust for your cancer care and your heart care and your pediatrics care are out there telling you you need to go get a vaccine. You can decide to trust America's physicians or you can trust some random dude on Twitter. And for journalists and for people who run platforms, what I would say is you should be thinking about what your personal responsibility is. Yeah, my personal responsibility is telling people that the vaccine has inherent dangers. I mean, they're universally effective, Susan. That's such bullshit. I mean, there are tons of medical professionals that have come out against this. Um, against against its safety, and and they're just not acknowledging them as experts in the field. But but really high level people at Johns Hopkins, at at other uh, at other medical facilities, like world renowned medical facilities, have come out and been like, no, they just don't get the airtime. It's interesting how he urges you to reach the opposite conclusion too. Well, medical professionals are telling you this; they're the same people who tell you what to do about your heart care, your cancer care, whatever. So obviously, you would follow whatever they say in this context. To me, the reasoning is the exact reverse. These people urged me to get the vaccine. 
in in now, ways that appear to be possibly flawed, Susan. And so that leads me to think, what else can it be are trusted they about, about anything? Are they yeah. lying? Well, they've lied to us about so much. They lied to us about the health of vegetable oils and inflammation on the body and the effects there. They lied to us about cholesterol and remember the food pyramid. Uh, the food Eat pyramid. as much bread as you yeah. possibly can. Yeah. I wish that was um, and true. Red meat. Yeah. They lied to us about that. I mean, they want us to be weak and to not be consuming the appropriate amount of iron and protein. And, you know, I just I just really believe this is a bioweapon. Hmm. Well, maybe the truth is going to come out. Uh, Fauci, when by everybody the way, for, dies yeah. for, for Fauci to lecture you about lying like this is a guy who admitted to lying himself. Remember, at the end of 2020, he, he told The New York Times in an interview. Oh, yeah, I just kind of made up stuff about herd immunity, not because it's what the science said, but because I was trying to coax people to get the vaccine. Here's the quote. When polls said that about half of all Americans would take a vaccine, I was saying herd immunity would take mm, 70 to 75 percent of people getting it. But then when newer surveys said 60% or more would take it, I thought, well, I can nudge this up a bit. So I went to 80 or 85. We need to have some humility here. We really don't know what the real number is. I think the real range is somewhere between 70 to 90%, but I'm not going to say 90%. So this is the guy who's lecturing you about misinformation, openly admitting I kind of make it up, not because it's my educated scientific guess, but because I want you to behave a certain way. Okay. This claim about we could effectively prevent all Corona deaths that Ja made. I mean, that's that's pure misinformation as well. Uh, Per the Washington Post just this week headline COVID no longer mainly a pandemic of the unvaccinated. Here's why from the story for the first time, a majority of Americans dying from coronavirus received at least the primary series of the vaccine. Fifty eight percent of coronavirus deaths in August were people who were vaccinated or boosted according to the Kaiser Family Foundation. Now, of course, many of these people may not be up to date on the vaccine, as Fauci and Ja advise. But the idea that nobody who's up to date on the vaccine is dying, that's plainly false. Yeah. Regardless, nobody's dying of Corona currently anyway. Uh, It's been flatlined since April. Nobody cares. You're not going to make them care. As of last month, the stat was only 5% of the population had taken the updated booster. This week, I saw estimates of about 10%, but everyone's done. Even the normies are done. Accept it and move on. We're not doing this anymore, but they don't. And you have to question why. Trust the doctors always. Well, everyone absent a small group. It's like 10% of people who are still accepting this. Yeah, but I think that that those 10% would just get a booster every six months in perpetuity. Yeah, they will. I mean, they're the the truly hopeless ones. Mm -hmm. It's got to be more than 10%. And the fact that they they still feel comfortable saying this this stuff at the podium, effectively laughing at us while they do. Presumably, probably you have to wonder if if this is not actually an emergency anymore and they're still urging you to get the vaccine. What possible, I don't know, financial reasons do they have to say that? What other motivations do they have to say that? The fact that they're comfortable standing at that podium, urging us to do this and lying to our faces while they do. Again, it's a it's an indictment on our uh, inability or our uh, drifting away from the big bird costumes. They know they're yeah, totally yeah, safe totally. from the big bird costumes. They're laughing at our faces. They need big bird costumes. Well, people, uh, anything that, become, that mandates that people become skeptical of the medical community is positive. I mean, they've done this kind of gaslighting thing with us, turning healthy people into patients. 
before, uh, so many times before. Like in the last 10 years, they've lowered the fasting glucose threshold so that a third of Americans are pre-diabetic. Hmm. A third of Americans, a half of the Chinese. And then it's just so they can, pharmaceutical companies can give them drugs that don't work uh, and they have no increased risk of getting diabetes anyway. And there are so many conditions like that. It's like if you really wanted to improve the health of the population, they'd be talking about eating healthy fats, avoiding vegetable oils, eating eating red meat. There was this great moment in the press conference when April Ryan, PBS reporter of size, asked Fauci about masking during Thanksgiving. And he said, oh, yeah, you should you really should be wearing a mask at your Thanksgiving this gathering. This is at this press conference on Tuesday. What? And, and I'm thinking at no point did he advise her, you know what, maybe skip the Thanksgiving dinner and that would be uh, most beneficial to your health, lady. I don't think the mask is you going to your uh, fix your BMI. That's that's probably what you should be worried about. I don't about. know. And we're going to see like uh, just tons of people not giving their children any vaccines anymore. I, I, there probably will be a, a backlash or some kind of rebound effect like that. Yeah. Uh, also at this press conference, uh, Fauci was asked about the origins of the virus and he and Karine Jean-Pierre refused to take it. But Fauci this morning on Face the Nation said China uh, would have told us more about where the virus came from if only Trump hadn't been so mean to them. And they they won't tell Biden now because Trump was mean to them, so they don't trust us anymore. Here's Fauci covering for the Chinese this morning on uh, on Face the Nation. What happens is that if you look at the anti-China approach that clearly the Trump administration had right from the very beginning and the accusatory nature, the Chinese are going to flinch back and say, no, I'm sorry, we're not going to talk mm-hmm. to you about it, which is not correct. But they they're not talking be. to the Biden administration about it either. Exactly. I think that horse is out of the barn and they're very suspicious of anybody trying to accuse them. We need to have an open dialogue with their scientists and our scientists keep the politics out of it we didn't trust the chinese scientists enough yeah seriously um that's the problem although i don't really know who to believe with especially with these chinese protests um so we're we're seeing all these protests erupt across china and everybody's saying like step down xi jinping and talking about communists and everything and then all these demonstrations spread to beijing and Guangzhou and Wuhan, thousands and thousands of people. but And they're talking about straight up talking about political freedom. And we're getting all of this through video. But China, things don't leak out of China. Like they really have a hold of Even Corona doesn't leak out of China. <laughs> <laughs> it's deliberate. Um, yeah. Yeah. And so I, I'm looking at this and I'm like, we're, we're being allowed to see this. Why? I think that obviously people they use vpns and they have their ways around certain things but i couldn't deny that there appears to be a larger volume of the footage emerging in the last week specifically over the weekend yeah i wouldn't be shocked to learn that there's some sort of intent behind it here's a couple clips from wuhan specifically i didn't realize they actually have barricades in the streets to stop people from moving to certain areas but protesters were tearing those barricades down Wearing masks while they do to be safe, of course. So, 
you're right. There's a, there's just a lot of these clips emerging, uh, a large volume. Uh, is this some sort of authentic political uprising or is there some nefarious reason that we're seeing it now? I think it's an authentic political uprising. I mean, people in China must be so pissed off. They, <laughs> they got hit harder with the lockdowns than anybody I'm surprised else. it has not happened sooner, but uh, I suppose. But what so. benefit would would the federal government have for us seeing this? Or, or the a, Chinese wanting us to see it for some reason? Yeah. I mean, what, what benefit would it have for them either? Yeah, it makes know. the government look weak. It makes the population look unruly and we become sympathetic to them. So why yeah. would they do that? Is it just they're giving us giving false hope to the people or maybe this is some kind of psyop? I, I saw don't know, some maybe- speculation on Twitter. Now you understand what China has been building all those camps for. That there's going to be some, I don't know, you allow this to happen so you can identify your dissidents and then you mass capture them and, and dispose of them. Maybe. Oh, maybe that's it. I don't know. Could be. Hmm. Uh, but we will uh, update as that develops. But it is time for uh, your much anticipated hoax hate if you're ready. I am. And now the nobody saw it happen, but it's totally a product of Trump's America hoax hate crime of the week. Ah, shit, it's backwards. <laughs> On Monday, NBC News and others reported a brick was thrown through a New York City gay bar window and the incident is being investigated as a hate crime. Video taken Saturday night showed a person hurling a brick through the front of the VERS or V-E-R-S bar in Manhattan, one of the city's newest gay bars, apparently. The brick uh, toss was uh, caught on video, but the man throwing it was not identified immediately Quote, uh, the epidemic of anti-LGBTQ plus violence is national, said Mark Levine, the Manhattan Borough president, in a tweet on Sunday. Quote, a well-known gay bar on Manhattan's west side has been attacked repeatedly in recent weeks. We cannot stand for this, New York uh, Governor Kathy Hochul said on Monday that she has directed the New York State Police to beef up protection of at-risk communities, including LGBTQ communities across the state, Upon investigation, the suspect was identified as 34-year-old Sean Quillen, now charged. What was that? Nothing. Oh, I thought you were making a joke about Sean. I was. Yeah. Go ahead. I just just called him Quillen. It's over. Quillen. Quillen. All right. Well done. Uh, (laughs) Quillen, now charged with reckless endangerment and criminal mischief. Now, as far as why he did it. Uh, Queeflin says he was getting revenge on behalf of a female friend who was in some sort of fight or dispute at the club that night. The NYPD uh, detective working the case now says he has no reason to believe it was in fact a hate crime. (laughs) Why? Quote, I'm gay myself. (laughs) Queeflin said when he was let out of a police vehicle and escorted into court in handcuffs on Tuesday night. Yikes. Also, uh, in a, A related story, I suppose. Uh, University of Florida has um, revoked admission uh, and a scholarship and a spot on the football team to a quarterback recruit named Marcus Stokes, who happens to be white, to borrow Trump's language. Uh, Stokes filmed himself reciting rap lyrics in in his car last week. I thought this was a resurfaced video from his younger years. Apparently, he just 
recorded the video and he committed the sin of saying the soft a n word while he was reciting these rap lyrics forgive the poor quality recording i'm not sure what uh 20 year old potato he used but this is the moment okay Per NCAA rules, universities are not allowed to publicly comment about a recruit uh, or a recruiting prospect until they have signed with the school. So the University of Florida officially has said nothing and can't say anything. But in response to getting the boot from the University of Florida, Stokes says he apologizes for his words that he used that were from the song that he chose to say. And he fully accepts the consequences of his actions. He says he will strive to become a better version of himself on and off the field. Ugh. He may think, oh, who cares? Just join a different school and kick Florida's ass. Well, according to recruiting analysts, that may not be so easy. Few teams they expect will roll the dice on Mr. Stokes for fear Dude, of being seen sucks. as endorsing the N-word. Never mind that the team bus to the game is nothing but similar rap songs and similar N-words the entire way there. I know. Would anybody be left in the NFL? Well, that's literally enforce this rule for for all. And that's the hilarious part about the intent. You're telling me that this guy wanted to go become a high level quarterback, which means he will be faced with nothing. Well, not nothing. A lot of black guys chasing him down, trying to hurt him every single time he takes the field. And he thought, I'm going. What can I do to enrage the black guys that are going to come chasing after me intent on breaking my bones? I know. I'll call them the N word. And that was his intent in doing this. What a bummer. So uh, we'll see if uh, Marcus Stokes gets a career opportunity elsewhere. Oh no, that guy's fucked. (laughs) I don't know. Maybe he could go to uh, what? uh, There's probably a joke there for some school that would welcome him. I don't know. BYU. They're very racist, right? (laughs) He should go to BYU. He can go in blackface and go to Howard university. Ah, That's thinking. I like that. Now, speaking of the weird idea that sports leagues that are uh, predominantly black, or at least where black people are overrepresented, that these leagues are somehow racist, well, enter retired NBA player Lamar Odom. The Phoenix Suns basketball team, I was not aware because I'm not a follower of the NBA, but the Phoenix Suns, they apparently use a gorilla mascot named Go the Gorilla. And this gorilla does crazy dunks, among other halftime entertainment antics uh, to fire up the fans. Okay. Well, Lamar Odom appeared on the bootleg Kev podcast this week, and he said that go the gorilla is actually a racist mockery of black people because after all, there are no gorillas in the desert. Probably to change the mascot. What does that mean? You don't like the gorilla? No. Do you think there's like some racial connotations with the sun's gorilla? Come on, bro. And the the thing that's funny is like they kind of like slid that one by for all these years. Nobody like says anything about that. Well, okay. Gorillas in the desert. You can't find any. Well, that's what I was going to say. You could probably find a cactus and a basketball, bro. It's just like, come on. It's It's just like how they changed the, what they changed the Redskins and the Indians. Mm, to the commanders yeah i think it's probably probably about that time (laughs) didn't he like legally die after snorting a bunch of blow out of a stripper's butthole or something he had a vacation gone wrong in nevada i believe yes also had some questions about the legitimacy of his cancer charity that uh, did not in fact give a lot of money to kids with cancer and instead paid his friends to be 
absurdly high paid staffers of the uh, alleged charity. But he's our moral leader, Lamar Odom. The NBA, of all things, the NBA is secretly racist to black people. Despite being a league of almost exclusively black millionaires. And then Odom went on in the interview to imply that the reason that Go is so popular, the, the, the reason the gorilla is so popular is because the fans are racist. That's why they love Go. So the fans hate black people so much that they go to pay black people an insane amount of money just so they can laugh at the gorilla who appears occasionally during the event. As far as there being no gorillas in the Arizona desert, I will give Lamar that point. But he was equally shocked to learn there aren't a lot of bulls running the streets of Chicago. There aren't uh, any raptors in Toronto. As far maybe, I don't maybe some fake one like dinosaur bones at the museum. Some things Lamar are just for fun. Uh, sometimes mascots are not actually present in the yeah in the city that uh, to, to which they apply. Now, way back when I was blue pilled, uh, I used to think uh, that it was probably a good idea to change names like the Redskins and the Indians and all this. What? Yeah, there was a time in my life because I thought they were oh, slurs no. and it's like, well, you shouldn't have slur names. Think, let's get a better name, whatever. It's just a name. Who cares? That was kind of my thinking. This oh, is a so great dumb. demonstration, though. It will never stop. OK, you think that the Redskins is too far. That's a slur name. Let's get rid of that. Pretty soon, you can't have certain animals as mascots because Lamar Odom thinks that it in no way. <laughs> I should be careful what I say. I, I should not make Lamar Odom gorilla comparisons. I almost walked into that one. Um, yeah. He is a little ape-like with his brain injury, though. <laughs> I mean, if, Unrelated saying, to his race. Saying, if a gorilla did almost OD on drugs fatally in Las Vegas. Yeah. He might be something like, Lamar I know Odom. Does, I saw a Only video of then. him scratching his head like an ape. Too. Only like then his. would it, would it ever possibly be a valid comparison? That's racist. All right. Well, I, now I'm a fan of the Phoenix suns and this gorilla. Now I'll have to tune in to see this. I never would before, but uh, Lamar's right. I'm so racist. I have to see the show. Is the good one up next? Okay. This is real hate. All right. Uh, oh, wait, wait, wait. This is awesome. I don't I have the story. Hold on. I don't I even have the story in here. But yes, this is the good one. I I briefly just flashed on the screen the surprise cringe possibly ruining it for some. This of the makes audience. me love black people so much. Uh, <laughs> <okay>. <laughs> All right. Uh, fair enough. <laughs> this is a great story, though. And this is a story of real hate. OK, this is not host hate. <laughs> so- this is the sort of thing we often hear alleged described but you never see the video this is a case where the video is available it's all provable uh this is the famous capitol hill neighborhood of seattle an asian woman named stephanie was confronted by a a black woman named ladonna at a gas station actually that's incorrect it turns out stephanie confronted ladonna we'll get to that after the videos but why would you do that stephanie Stephanie says that LaDonna began yelling racist remarks at her. So Stephanie started recording. LaDonna told Stephanie to go eat her dog with rice, called her a smush face and other anti-Asian terms. What did you say? It's not against the law, bitch. You heard what I said. Go eat your dog with some rice, bitch. She said, go eat your dog with some rice. That's what I said. Go eat your dog with some rice, bitch. It's not against the law. Oh, fuck you. 
retarded ass bitch. Record her funky smash face ass. I'll make an unemployment fund Anna. You'll suck me long time. <laughs> Sorry, I misquoted Sm- smash face, not smush face. Okay. <laughs> you gotta hand it to her for just like going balls to the wall, knowing she's getting filmed. Hey, uh, we just ripped on a guy for being overly apologetic. Not that I endorse LaDonna's behavior, but at some level, maybe I admire the refusal to apologize. Maybe we need a little more of that. I don't know. Yeah. Stephanie. It's the Kanye thing. Like, nobody's going to call you racist. They can't. They can't do it. Uh, Stephanie posted the video to TikTok. It went viral. (laughs) Now, some users wanted more context for how the conflict started. (laughs) So Stephanie responded. She said LaDonna was being rude to to the old Asian gas station attendant. So some sort of dispute with the the employee or the owner at the gas station. So that's when Stephanie intervened and LaDonna started harassing her. That's not how it started. What a liar. You, well, I, I could believe that. What don't you believe about that? I don't know. It makes this Stephanie chick sound real good, doesn't it? Well, the could I believe that LaDonna was being rude and anti-Asian to the uh, shop owner? Yes, I definitely could. The other reason I... <laughs> The reason I uh, buy it is probably correct is because uh, Jonathan Cho went back and confirmed the story with the shop owner. And he says, yes, Stephanie's side of the story is correct. Now, he is also Asian and perhaps maybe has some a certain side to protect in the dispute. I don't know. But what are you uh, talking about? Most Asians hate each other. Well, I don't. (laughs) Do they hate each other more than they hate LaDonna? That's the question. I think that the Japanese and the Chinese people hate each other probably more than they hate black people. And I don't know the specific Asian ethnicities involved. I know that that uh, Stephanie is Taiwanese, I believe, but I don't know about the shop owner. Okay. Anyway, enter Seattle area journalist Jonathan Cho, who we have seen uh, previously from other clips he's recorded around the Seattle area, including Antifa clips. Like Derry Poppins. Remember Derry Poppins, the giant fat guy who claims to be trans with the umbrella in Seattle. Haven't heard from Derry Poppins for a while, but it was Jonathan Cho who made those confrontations and had the footage. So Jonathan Cho tracked down LaDonna and confronted her. LaDonna then chased him away and told him to eat his dog, too, among other hateful remarks. I'm a journalist. I just wanted to know, get your side of the story. I don't got no side of the story. Why are you on our property? Do you, do you regret using I all those racial slurs? You don't. I'm a, you. I'm a local journalist to see if you wanted I to share. I don't give a fuck who you are. You want to share your side of the story? Who the fuck are you? I don't have to answer shit to you. Fuck you and fuck her. Get the fuck out of my motherfucking face. <laughs> 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 get, yeah, get your bitch ass on. LaDonna. Why are you throwing rocks at me? LaDonna, stop throwing rocks. A legend is born. Holy cow. I love her. Uh, let's get her on the show. Let's, <laughs> let's see if we can book LaDonna. I, I actually would enjoy this interview. Oh my God. It's so funny. Good for her. You know, it's bad, right? But I just haven't heard somebody just lash out in such a, an overt way. <laughs> now, LaDonna, of course, uh, told Cho that Stephanie, the Asian woman, had called her the N-word in the initial confrontation. She didn't provide any she, evidence. She would it, say but that, but it's kind of believable. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't, I, I'm not going to buy it without evidence, but uh, yeah. maybe. 
she was really pissed, but she seems like maybe she's always that pissed. As I mentioned, Cho reached out to the gas station owner who supported <laughs> Stephanie's version of the story. Stephanie says she does not plan to file a police report. It's not clear that a crime was committed in the initial confrontation. The rock throwing might be a form of assault in the initial confrontation. It was such a feeble throw. It was bad. Not clear that there was a crime in the first encounter anyway. So that will probably be the end of the legend of LaDonna for now. But of course, I will preserve her memory with her very best quote for show use. It's not against the law, ho. Fuck you. I love that. <laughs> Thank you, LaDonna, for your contributions. I appreciate it. It's not against the law, ho. Fuck you. You know what? I accidentally didn't watch that second video before the show, so that was the first time. I'd seen I think it. she called him an f-word, anti-gay <laughs> she, slur. She called, she called him a faggot. <laughs> yeah. Oh well, my Donna, god! You got you got the the rare <laughs> laughter tears from Blonde. You know, we get the the sad tears sometimes, but the laughter. No, tears, it's just are... it's just so pure. <laughs> a black person's hatred of Asians is just so pure. <laughs> I, ah. I get what you're saying. It's it's not. I don't endorse. I disavow what she's saying, right? But there's something about firm commitment to your beliefs and refusing to well, apologize. And yeah. how many hoax hates have we done? Like yeah. this hundreds was high and effort. Hundreds. This was high. This effort. wasn't hoax. This wasn't hoax hate. This was, was real, real yeah. authentic, like visceral hatred of Asians from yeah. the black community. You know, but also funny. Not like the not not like the one where they were. Uh, Beating that old Asian man with his own cane. That wasn't funny. But this is, this is funny. I hate right? Asians, N-word. They said it and it still didn't get charged as a... Yeah, a yeah. So thank you, uh, LaDonna. Appreciate uh, your contributions. It's not against the law, ho, fuck <laughs> I have a piece of surprise cringe for you if you're ready. Is it funny or is it like... Okay, I'm ready. I think it's funny. All Here's right. a, a surprise cringe entry. Any what idea was this? What okay, you just um, watched? I like got to look at all the people. Most of them legit looked gay. They so might this be. Is, I don't. I don't know. This looks like some gathering of homosexuals. It could be. I don't know if that is in fact true. But this had to come out of Canada. No, you couldn't tell the accents. Actually, I only one of them sounded British to me. Okay, it, 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 it is in fact British. So. Okay. To explain this, the World Cup soccer tournament is happening right now in Qatar. The first time the tournament has been hosted in the Arab world. In Qatar, homosexuality is criminalized and the country is accused of other human rights abuses. Okay, uh, okay. So the last leg is 
a British comedy show on Channel 4. I've never heard of it. I don't know what it is, but that's what we just watched. And this is a parody of a song called Three Lions in which the chorus is, it's coming home, it's coming home. In this case, they modified the chorus to, it's becoming homophobic. So they're mocking the World Cup and Cutter for being homophobic and wanting to put gay people's heads on spikes. That's pretty <laughs> base to me. Uh and of course, many are not fans of the uh, the politicized cringe, but I was surprised to see in this Yahoo coverage, there's actually some criticism from the left, or I, I would presume a progressive. The, the article highlights criticism that portraying the Qataris, is that the term? People from Qatar, as bloodthirsty barbarians who will put heads on spikes, that that's racist. That's what's wrong with this, is, is in a way unfairness to Qatar. I never thought okay, that I would yeah. be pondering whether the muslim world is in fact right that's usually more of your wheelhouse but uh they might be um you know shouldn't if we're if we're actually going to in, enforce this leftist ideology shouldn't we be embracing the natural order of individual countries that's what pisses me off about this too it just goes to show these people will never let you have your own place where yeah. you uphold your own values. I thought it was about respect for other countries ac- across the globe. Now, right, right. Qatar has to get in line and do everything that the Brits say, even though British colonization was also the greatest moral sin the earth has ever seen. Right. It's a very uh, yeah. bizarre, <clears throat> uh, just hodgepodge of, of political beliefs clashing. And I've seen so many tweets. Apparently there was also a journalist who went to the world cup, a British journalist wearing some kind of gay pride shirt. And the cutter people said, get the hell out of here. And he made a big scene of it. And I see people saying He's like, lucky well, he didn't get stoned to death. This was like, in Qatar. Yeah. And they're like, fuck you and your backwards country on Twitter. And it's, well, what are you doing there? Then don't watch your faggy sport in this Muslim country. What are you yeah. Doing? It's, it, they, they say things like, uh, you know, keep your backwards beliefs there. Yeah. That's the point. You're the one trying to impose your worldview on Cutter. They will happily stay away from you if you decide that's what you want to do. But no, again, these people have to control you from afar while simultaneously condemning far away, quote unquote, imperialist control, uh, historically speaking. Right. Anyway, that's the context for that absurd scene. It's uh, time for the movie review. If you're ready. I am. All right. In a world of movie references flying over his head, one man will finally watch them. This is the Matt and Blonde Show Movie Review. This week's movie is the 1965 survival drama The Flight of the Phoenix, in which an ensemble cast en route to Benghazi crashes their plane in the Sahara and must strategize and cooperate to rebuild the aircraft and escape the desert to safety from movie picker Tom N., one of Hollywood's first movies in the survivor genre, starring Jimmy Stewart and Richard Attenborough. It tells the tale of eight men's struggle to survive in the Sahara Desert after their plane crashes and they're presumed dead. As always, your review and your rating. Um, I loved this movie. I thought it was so fantastic. And uh, okay, so I think that in a in this kind of survival situation with this many people, we would see most of these characters manifest. There's the coward, the leader, the rational man, the emotional man. There's 
forlorn people, motivated people, um, how people deal with injuries. And I loved the interactions between Towns and Dorfman. It was just perfect. Uh, Towns was consumed with guilt. And so he was making all of these um, emotional decisions so that he wouldn't have this increased level of guilt. And then Dorfman uh, was totally unflinchingly rational. Um, but they wouldn't have gone gotten out of the situation without the marriage of both of these perspectives. I thought it was such a beautiful finish that no one would have survived without both archetypes. You know, I, I just thought this was fantastic. Um, I knocked a point because it was it was really long and it could have been taken under two hours um, in editing. But like, just a fantastic film. I enjoyed every moment. I gave it a four out of five. Before we went live, you had a prediction about uh, my reception. Yes, I would be very surprised if you did not like this. It reminded me of 12 Angry Men um, in that it was all about these interpersonal relationships. I mean, I was like, well, maybe Skag's not going to be able to get over this like 60s play style acting. Like I thought maybe that would be distracting to you, but I thought he'll he'll see through it and and he'll love this rational German guy's perspective. Um I don't know. I I'm like 70, 30. I think you liked it. Get ready to be surprised because it's one of the worst movies I've ever seen. It made my <gasps> entire family rage quit. What? The pre Thanksgiving viewing, as I describe in the review. Oh my um, gosh. Seriously. As far as things I appreciate, uh, there's there's a glimmer of an interesting theme that Islamophobia actually saved lives. I, I thought that it was yeah. interesting that even in a desperate survival situation, fellow humans may actually be a bigger danger than the elements themselves. And so you still have to be very calculated uh, about how, or if you want to confront people, you know, nothing about or with whom you share um, no values or anything in common or anything like that. That was about the only moment of intrigue for me. And uh, the rest was absolute hot garbage. So first of all, the uh, the 60s style play acting. That's one way to put it. Another way to put it would be absurd overacting. I mean, but it was I, it, like they were doing a play. It was different back then. It was so ridiculous from the initial plane crash scene itself. I thought this was some kind of survival comedy like Gilligan's Island. They're having these <gasps> bizarre shrieks with these stupid musical, uh, the stupid musical accompaniment that, that played as parody. You have all these scenes. Uh, Moran, he's just laughing at the sky for like two minutes straight. You have Towns, he, he becomes so irrationally enraged by so many things like the uh, the electric razor and stuff. When Cobb goes crazy and attacks Harris and the group is restraining him, he's just screaming. It's, it's, it is so over the top in forced emotional outburst. I, I could not take it seriously. Um, and then it, it was it was worsened by these ridiculous dramatical uh, dramatic musical effects. Everything had to have this corny squealing trumpet or so it, it was like every point of supposed drama in the movie had the dramatic squirrel viral video. If you know that one dun 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 played every time something happened, but it's not even that dramatic. Uh, there was a great moment of seeming self-awareness in the dialogue, which there's plenty uh, Towns asks Dorfman, well, are you trying to be funny? And Dorfman snaps back. That is precisely the reaction I would have expected from a man of your obvious limitations. It's so inauthentic and stupidly scripted. And then they cue the ridiculous instrumental for some sort of dramatic 
emphasis and is exactly how I felt as a viewer. Are you guys trying to be funny right now? And the answer is dun, dun, dun. And it's just absurd. It's over the top. It's ridiculous. There were several preposterous premises. I just I, I could not accept in a survival situation. I'm not going to go through the math of the magically expanding water supply, but either their estimates were way off or they, they distilled the antifreeze. Did they actually do it? Because I know he yeah. referenced. Did they show them doing it? Maybe I'm mistaken because he just referenced that once. They was making that siphon, that crazy siphon. Maybe, maybe I missed that part. So maybe maybe the water thing was was explained. So I'll I'll forgive that, even though I think that the water math is still a little fuzzy. How about this? Not hungry enough for camel. Apparently, he's so mad that he has to shoot the waste all the ammo shooting the lame camel but we don't want to eat the camel we don't want to butcher the camel for resources they had unlimited dates i'm sure nobody wants camel they have dates forever okay uh then just you talk about this the the necessary cooperation i suppose between towns and dorfmen i don't see it that way as i couldn't stand towns all he does is bitch about everything and give this ridiculous Mr. Smith goes to Washington style speech in opposition to every idea. He rejects walking to an oasis. He rejects rebuilding the plane. He even rejects trying to be spotted by aircraft flying overhead. I don't understand what his plan is other than to sit around and bitch the whole time and sunbake to death. He just gives an impassioned speech about nothing every time he talks. And if he had maybe put in a little bit more work, they could have been done quicker. And I wouldn't have had to waste so much time watching this dialogue forever and ever. My Thanksgiving Eve could have been um, much better spent. Now, last point of ripping this movie. One of the most horribly paced movies I've ever seen in my life. It has an endless focus on boring, overacted, interpersonal drama. And it neglects the engineering feat itself, as in the actual flight of the Phoenix, which is what? Under three minutes of the movie. It takes over two hours to get to the point, and then it just skips over the point. And crucially, you don't even get to see the landing of the Phoenix. Because this new oh, Frankenplane... That didn't even occur to me. I didn't care at all. This new Frankenplane <clears throat> has a ski on the front so, such that it can barely even take off. Somehow, it lands on a rocky hillside and all these guys who are barely alive hanging on for your dear life. They're not ejected. They're not injured in any way. The movie doesn't even respect you enough to show you the landing. You have these oil workers saying, well, they're not going to try to land that here, are they? Oh, it, it sure it sure looks like it. No, it doesn't look like it because you didn't you show it. You know, this was based on a true story. No, it wasn't. It was loosely based on something that happened to German guys in the desert, but it is not at all the way that it is portrayed in this movie. They didn't rebuild a plan. There's something about how they did. They did some uh, engineering, uh, you know, some some rigging like this to get themselves out of the desert. But as far as the way it's presented here, my understanding is that this is not a historically accurate film, but perhaps uh, I'm mistaken and you can challenge me on that. So the final point I made, <laughs> the flight of the Phoenix is is three minutes of this movie. The Empire Strikes Back. There's a lot of the Empire striking back. There's a lot of Terminating and Terminator. There is uh, Groundhog Day. As much as I complained about that movie and its repetition, the day in question is in fact depicted. The flight of the Phoenix, there's hardly any flight at all. It's just sitting around talking and then glossing over what was actually achieved. It's really making me question my review. So one out of five. One out of five. Absolute. What? 
arguably worse than Blade Runner. Get the hell out of here. And may God have mercy on your soul. It is a movie that demands to be taken seriously despite its absurdity while it delivers no such respect to you and it skips over the most important stuff. Am I am I wrong about this? I don't know, but I you can't change my mind. I will <laughs> I will stick to this review to my grave, but let's see what people think. Um early vote, you know, people are positive four threes and fives, not a lot of people in my camp for the one wiki hatred. But wow. This movie sucked ass and you can't change my mind. Anything else? Did you do you want I feel like I I I challenged some of your points, so if you would like a response, I don't want to neglect No, that. the things the things that you hated about it, I loved about it. Hmm. And I I didn't even it didn't even occur to me to care about the actual flight because it was just about the journey. And you know that it flies because they get there. Maybe it was just mistitled. I said they should call it the they should call it two plus hours of terribly boring overacted dialogue before the three minute flight of the Phoenix. If it was called that, then I would retract and my criticisms. Did and your whole family hated it too. Oh yeah. My, my dad quit watching halfway through. My mom said the director should be shot, but he's dead already. Oh God. And uh, my wife hated it as well. Wow. I'm going to have to ask my brother. He hasn't watched it yet, but I, I feel like I need some emotional support. You know? <laughs> well, I just don't I, have the confidence to like a movie that other people that like I know and respect their opinion hate. Hmm. Well, <clears throat> I don't know. I don't get it on this one. I, 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 I put in the review if, if two mild mannered boomers of the era, as in my parents hated this movie, I don't understand how it was considered good ever because sometimes I get like, Oh, you don't understand how movies were made back then. It was different. They were trying to do different things in today's mindset. You can't appreciate it. All right. Maybe there's some truth to that. I can't, teleport back in time to understand what that's like but for my parents to hate it and i i gave it a fair i watched it all attentively i did not want to just sit there and talk shit my parents clearly were not into it but i watched it i watched it through regardless okay what's next week next week is national lampoon's christmas vacation and by the way i anytime i'm gonna hate i try to be thorough so all of my hatred there's a full version of the movie on YouTube, I've tried to timestamp link to all the things I think are ridiculous so that you can have the reference. So it's not just take my word for it. If you haven't seen this movie, follow along and realize it sucks. Uh, By the way, thank you, Tom. (laughs) Tom's nominations are finished now for November. Thank you for your contribution to the show. Next week, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. I've seen some of the other National Lampoon's movies. I've not seen this one but it will be completely different from this week's entry. Obviously uh, re- a reminder that December's Christmas movie list comes from a uh, longtime listener and helpful show contributor, Michael Schlecht, the remaining nominees for the month gremlins home alone Two: lost in New York, the Muppet Christmas Carol jingle all the way, how the Grinch stole Christmas, the 2000 Jim Carrey version Krampus office Christmas party wild card. Uh, sorry, that's, or in the event that you reject the list, my mind's gone from my hatred of this movie. I just, I'm reading things that I shouldn't be reading like Joe Biden off a teleprompter. If you reject the list through wildcard, we will select a, a random, uh, top rated IMDb, IMDb top rated Christmas movie instead. Okay. I think I've had enough. Uh, oh, but as a reminder, 
If you'd like to read my movie reviews, comment how wrong I am, submit your own rating, vote for the next movie, and sign up for the chance to be the movie nominator for the month. The one and only place to do it is in my weekly movie review column. Linked in the description and over on the homepage of the website, that is mattchristensenmedia.com. Okay. You seem still perplexed. No, I'm just... I'm feeling insecure. I've caused you to question your entire world <laughs> with uh, with my hate. I, I was trying to hold back the smirk both before the stream and when you started your review that you thought I would love this movie because I'm thinking, well, turns out we don't know each other at all. I know that that's that's what it is. <laughs> that's what it is. You know, yeah. we've been doing this show for almost seven years. I'm like, I feel like I know you pretty well. But then Not- something like this happens and I'm like, maybe I don't know you. I'd like to think I've progressed, but. That's just me. Anyway, bring your hate at me. I welcome it. Um, Catch up with some chat before I uh, neglect D live. Thank you guys for tuning in over there. Uh, Jiga Boogaloo sounds like a racial slur, but that's not. Hey, Matt and blonde. What's your favorite movie ever? Well, um, I guess it depends on the genre. Are we talking, I guess any movie of all time. I'd have to think about it. The movie that probably that I love for nostalgia reasons and a movie that legitimately legitimately changed my young life was Jurassic Park, which we've previously reviewed. I don't know that I would say it's my favorite ever, like now as an adult, but <clears throat> its impact on my life, if that's the measurement, Jurassic Park's up there. Rear Window is my favorite movie. Hmm. That's right. You mentioned that uh, when we reviewed it a couple weeks ago. Okay, uh, let's catch up with the rest of the chat as well. Uh, sure. Let's see. AP, Matt, you're correct. The new WRX is ugly. Check mm. out Aeroflow Dynamics 1. They painted the ugly plastic and actually made it look good. Red than gray with a wing. It took $14,000. Yeah, an extra fourteen grand on top of already inflated car prices. I will not be jumping into that one anytime soon. But uh, hopefully uh, Subaru wises up and make some body adjustments on the car. I think, uh, can I Google it? I think you have before the 2022 WRX. They, they ruined that car aesthetically with, uh, specifically black plastic cladding and some other body style choices that have really destroyed a classic as far as I'm concerned, but maybe, maybe they'll fix it later. Uh, thank you for the tip though. If I, if I happen to come into possession of one, um, then I will, uh, I guess, consult this video and see if I can fix its aesthetics. Um, finally, watch 1983 talk about love and hate. Sam Elliott, great as always, but the girl power, white devil, noble engine BS really chapped my hide. Hmm. Go watch Lonesome Dove instead. Yeah, it it had. I I liked it, but I feel like I'm kind of able able to overlook these things sometimes because that that Indian was so hot. That Hawaiian. Is he Hawaiian? No, I think he is at least partly legit Indian. I looked it up because we we thought maybe he was faking like the other chick on Yellowstone. Oh, damn. Yeah. Uh, Kelsey Chow. Yeah. Boogeyman 917. I doubt it. Thank you. Mark. Hey, Matt. It was great meeting you in the Uh, section at Shields the other day. Oh, well, well, Shields is correct. Thank you, uh, Mark. Uh, Thanks for saying something and thanks for supporting the show. That's right. I um. We were doing a little Black Friday shopping in uh, Billings, and I was uh, I was confronted like Stephanie confronted Ladonna. Only this was much more friendly, and uh, I appreciate that. It, it, that actually rarely happens. So 
I, I apologize if I was awkward or anything. I, I don't know how to handle that. Usually when people just, you know, uh, when, when I speak with a stranger in public and they ask, are you Matt Christensen? I'm going to no. say yes, but sometimes I'm, you know, like, yes. why do you ask? <laughs> yeah. Are you here to uh, no, but me? I get that all the time. He's my brother and I have nothing to do with him. <laughs> Um, no, yeah, I appreciate really. it because I know it's not easy just to walk up to somebody and and um, yeah. and say something too. So it's always cool and reassuring to to know that uh, people out there are listening. It always just kind of throws me for a loop when the internet and real life collide. They're they're like separate things in my. I mind. know it's really weird. Yeah. Um. Anybody following John Greenblatt on Twitter? He seems to be getting more and more unhinged levels of "oi, they shut it down." That even the painter would find absurd. I know okay. I. I uh, uh Greenblatt has gone too far, you don't say. What uh, is he famous for? He's the ADL CEO or he runs oh, right. the ADL. Oh no, I haven't been following his Twitter. It's gotta uh, be really loony if Greenblatt is even crazier than his usual self. Yeah. Um Phil, oh come on. SBF. A Sam Bankman Freed. Oh, we all know why he isn't in jail. Ah, Phil. <laughs> D. Benham, happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving to you. N-word, faggot. Uh, statistics are fun. Uh. Jogging Panther 2 saw its jogging participation at 44% of the 13. I wonder what the other 56% were doing. You know, I say things sometimes knowing that... This one's too advanced. Trouble. I'm having trouble decoding it's, it. It's crime statistics, right? I guess, but what's the... Is this a black pan? Oh, are we talking about a movie or are we talking about real crime stats? It's got to be crime stats, right? What's the I two though? What's the sequel? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, Mr. N word, F word. You're going to have to reach out to me to explain it to my weary brain at this stage in the stream. I apologize for missing it, but thank Photo you. Bet. Been a while since I've chatted as I started my own gaming podcast, the heresy accountability buddies. Yes. Based <laughs> money pit uh that is warhammer and we record on sundays but i also i'm spending time this week in new york city for work so hopefully this isn't my last show thank you for joining us photo bet i appreciate it and we thank you it. for uh supporting the show uh as well oh that's the wrong one he said Sorry. the n-word i meant to give you the burn <laughs> the n-word no, you that's know what the, the n-word is <laughs> i'm gonna get it right i am not gonna be niggardly there it is <laughs> thank you uh, uh, and good luck with your show related. i saw I saw some. Uh, I saw a tweet in passing the other day that uh, someone wanted podcasts to be licensed, and I thought, "Oh God, we're screwed if you have to get a podcast license to." Oh, that'd be so terrible. I got to reload uh, yeah. after this one. Nick uh, nineteen says, "Don't catch uh, the live show very often, but appreciate what you do. We appreciate what you do, which is uh, being a listener on Sundays." Thank you for uh, keeping the operation running. Eric Burns Marsh says the NHL says hockey is too white to help them. I will never watch the game again. Well, <laughs> I, I guess we could all do our part. Injured guardian says repeal the 17th amendment. Senators should fear being fired for not getting the best results for their state rather than being concerned with appealing to the majority of the voters. I agree. Um, the idea here is that the, the, the senators are representing state interests before the federal government in general, even the office of the presidency, there's a reason it's called the president of the United States. It's supposed yeah. to be the states electing the president to represent the states primarily in disputes among each other and in international affairs. We have allowed the Senate to become not quite the uh, what the House is. It's, it's not exactly the same because you still have popular vote divided by state lines. 
but it's something close. They're just larger congressional districts at that point. And that was not the original design. And, and the bargain was supposed to be a division of power between the state and federal governments right. and the people. And that's why we have all of these things divided the way that they are. Now you have the state governments. I mean, it would be exaggeration to say that state governments have no voice at the federal level because in theory, your your senators and your representatives in Congress should be doing that representation. But in terms of their selection of who's going to represent their interests before the federal government, we don't have that anymore. We've lost that yeah. effect. We've lost that dynamic. So uh, agreed. We should go back to the old system. Uh, and if the old by the old system, I should reference in case I'm being unclear state legislate uh, state legislatures choosing senators uh, yeah. to send to D.C. Yeah. That's how the old system used to be. Joe M says, FYI, the NHL got hammered on that trans tweet and the Reddit thread is sitting at 50 percent, which is a terrible ratio for the site. It's almost like these uh, corps, these corporations don't know their audience gives me hope. Maybe there will be some turnaround. I forgot to mention when we were discussing it, they also restricted the replies on that tweet. So Aww. they feared the ratio. You could not respond to the NHL. Rich Dog says, is it possible that the person who called Trump threatened him like what Harley Pasternak did to Ye? Plus, regarding Milo, reparative therapy is a hell of a lot of hard emotional work. Yeah, I don't I uh, I don't bring that up to like dunk on him. Uh, and I, I hope it didn't come off that way. I'm not trying to like laugh at him or something. I'm just saying something looks just something looks off to me. Yeah, um, but. What the hell would I know? Uh, what the hell would I know? I'm just a guy on the internet, so it doesn't really matter. Uh, Max says, um, "Oh, and as far as the the main question, uh, I suppose, but who? I don't know. Do people have Trump's number to threaten him? To me, it seems more likely that it was just some staff member who's like, dude, stop, get doing? out of there yeah. now, yeah. as opposed to some nefarious force that's calling him to say, you will end this or else.' Right." Max uh, says, Matt, to football, I can't quit you. I, I do plead Brokeback Mountain in my relationship with football. I, I won't deny that. The, <laughs> the dancing Israeli insists that Kanye and Nick Fuentes get shut down. Well, okay. <laughs> Thank you. JM says, I think the best theory uh, is that Kanye, Milo, and Fuentes are all attention w attention whores, I assume. And got attention at Trump's expense. I suppose there could be some truth to that. Uh, Eric Burns Marsh, Matt and Blonde, are you implying that Kanye has information that will lead to the arrest of Hillary Clinton? <laughs> well, that's that's he might have something like that. Let's see. I'll do uh, two more if you're following along. Sure. Logan Orr says, the more I learn about the Colorado Springs shooting, the more I become angry, not because what he did, but because his lack of training and. T <laughs> 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 okay. okay. Okay, uh, that that uh, that's a lot of hate in that heart. I, Jesus, man, I, I need to be more careful. You almost got it's really me. hard. Yeah, they really get get you sometimes. Logan, I'm, I'm watching you, man. I identify as acquitted. My pronouns for all legal fi filings are not guilty. If the court refuses to acknowledge this, your honor is a bigot. <laughs> well, that's that's one legal like strategy. It. Yeah, you can go with that. Griff Nizzle suggesting someone might lie about their LGB XYZ status or personal gain, denying Zer's truth, CNN becoming based. Maybe, maybe, maybe they're finally getting it. Griff Nizzle dude gets life but gets sent to femme prison, gets a lifetime of des de ah. desperate prison coups. 
Brilliant. Maybe that's the angle. I didn't think of that. That if you want to go to women's prison instead, this would be the way to do it. You're right. Dude. That, that might be the, the angle. Chicks would rather luz out, right? I don't did you know. see that guy's head shape? I did. Tommy the gun. So the trans activist admits the identifying that identifying as trans and such is a social easy mode switch. Yeah, you, uh, but he doesn't take advantage of that in any way. <laughs> Let's see. Oh, TH Ridge Runner. Uh, have you heard that Biden said he would sign a treaty that hands over control the U.S. pandemic response to World Health Organization in the event of a new pandemic? I did not. Gets control but our I, economy. Awesome. I can't say I'm surprised by that. I had to refresh, so I, I lost my place. Oh, here, no, I got it now. Okay. Um, General Grievance. Would, yeah, would he surrender control of our economy to the to international forces? Um, I guess some might say <laughs> that's that's been done already, at least in ways. Oh, I thought you were going to go. Sorry. Oh, uh, uh, I can go, yeah. Zer Mixalot's dad looks like Ron Perlman on lots of meth, but also drunk. Hey, though, he didn't inherit the mega underbite. So I don't know. Count them blessings, I guess. Yeah, that guy was a disaster. You know, I can say this because it's not racist, but Ron Perlman does look very gorilla like. He is an ugly man. That is that is definitely an ape likeness. Like like goblin esque, like so ugly. I <laughs> I loved the show Sons of Anarchy, but I hated him in it. He was very hateable. Charlie Hun's a man and appears naked multiple times. Uh, he's even more hateable on Twitter, is Ron Perlman. Ugh. Uh, Nicholas H. Blonde, glad to hear about your solo vid. Thank you. It'll come out in a billion years. But I, <laughs> I truly am. Yeah. No, I'm feeling motivated to make content again. It's weird. Eric Burns Marsh. I'll take a rando on Twitter. Oh, over team good for you. <laughs> over the team Fauci any day. That's... Not a bad bet. Aggie Jet Pilot. Just passed my final check ride for my new job at a major airline. So, of course, have to share the wealth of my favorite duo. Thank you so much. We really well, congratulations. And uh, longstanding fan. Thanks for supporting the show. And um, hopefully I'll see you the next time I fly, which I haven't for like two years now. So but sometime <laughs> soon I have to. Uh, Steven Sugars. VPNs are very effective in China. I have uh, have some personal knowledge, too. I believe the riots are real and the information is leaking out. Never assume communists are competent. That's true. Maybe this is my my issue. Um, do you want to go? Yes. Uh, you can wait. take this Danny from Montana one. You can navigate uh, this. I'm that's sure the next one. Answer. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Matt, it's pronounced Bear County. You God dang Yankee. Is it actually there's an X in there? I thought it was a his, like a Spanish term. What it's, county? It's it's the county in which the shooter changed his name, but it's B E X A R. I hear people say Bexar all the time, and I know that's not right. Mm. But I thought Behar was the correct pronunciation. Mm. Bayer County. Sure, it's not like just kind of slurred together like you Southerners do, where it's Behar, <sighs> but you just kind of say Bayer. Okay. Maybe it's that. I don't know. I can't claim expertise in the names of Texas things. Hope you both had a great Thanksgiving. Mine was uh, the first time my entire family wasn't either wearing a mask or talking about COVID-19. I'm buying a ring soon and planning to propose. We'll report back when I do well. Uh, all the best and congratulations on the decision. And uh, I hope the best for you guys in your, your coming wedding. That's great news. Appreciate it. Stephen Sugars says VPNs are. Oh, you did this one, right? This is VPNs in China or did yes. I? Okay. Yeah, I did that. Uh, Filippo, no, Fapo, Fapo, <laughs> go with that. Did you see Madonna's Thanksgiving pic? I did not. Did she pose nude again or something? Ugh, let me look. 
maybe it's on Is it Twitter, on Instagram or Instagram. I haven't seen it. I don't know. Recently, uh, John H says recently, I noticed similarities between Judaism, Catholicism and Islam. Uh, Catholics pray in repetition like the Jews and keep it, uh, keep the priest class. Islam keeps the kosher diet and polygamy. Jesus Christ is King and all knees will bow. Well, that sounds like hate speech too, John. Dude, but, this uh, isn't even her face. This is crazy. I, I can you, uh, where can I find it? Instagram. Can you link me and I will be able to put it up on screen. Are all of her children black? I have no idea. Oh, I don't have Skype on my. Oh, shit. Uh, Sorry, guys. Well, if you want to take over with Jimny, I could find it. I just looked up uh, Madonna. On yeah. Instagram. Um, sure. Jimny. Matt, did you not see the head of FIFA pulling on Andrew Cuomo when confronted about Qatari attitude toward the gays? I'll send it to you. It's glory. I did not. I must have missed that part of the story. Uh, which photo are you talking about? The first one? Uh, yes. Oh, I can't open it because I am not logged into my Instagram account and screw them. I'm not logging in anyway. This like old woman needs guess, to be banged out thing is so weird. I guess I could like, put up the uh, collage of photos. Let me do that. Dude, just just accept that you're old. It's way less depressing than whatever the hell is happening here. Yeah, it won't let me make the image bigger, but uh, yeah, they're all weird. I don't know what I'm looking at on the the, the most recent one. <sighs> anyway, I can't stop. Okay, that's it. Um, Griff Nizzle, Matt's poker face is blonde. Stoles the virtue of this movie. Well done, sir. You are truly dead inside. <laughs> well, thank you. I I suppose that's a a compliment I'll take. I I wasn't. I didn't want to tip off. I didn't want to like interject or. Just, just tell really you thought. tell you you're thought. wrong or something maybe and maybe sometime i suppose we've done it where you go first basically the entire duration of the bit maybe we ought to switch that up so that you get the benefit of the poker face if you want okay. although i don't it's think less important what you think of my pick than what i think of your pick well i also don't think that if i hated a movie that you love that you'd be able to poker face the whole way through i think you would you would have some tells I got some tells. I'm not good at poker. Um, Knuckle Hunky Buck. Blonde doesn't have the confidence to like a movie that someone whose opinion she respects dislikes. Wait, she respects Matt's movie opinion? Wait, that's that's true. <laughs> yeah, what the true. hell are you talking about? Yeah, what am I talking about? Yeah. Oh, this is so annoying. Um, so blurry. Bahina fam at the mental health facility. There's an old black man who would call the Filipino brown Asians staff tortilla eaten motherfuckers. First time I heard him say, I almost busted out laughing. There is something like a little wholesome about black on Asian racism. Like it's a little cute, right? Uh, I sup if, if any of it's cute, I guess LaDonna's is cute. It's the cutest racism I've ever seen. A slasher. Love the movie reviews, even though I feel like I understand Matt less every week. That's what it is. Hmm. Also Secret have either of you. To my identity. <laughs> Watch the HBO miniseries Chernobyl. Great story about government enforced narratives during emergencies. Yes. However, there were there were a lot of there was a lot of disinformation about radiation in that. Um, like there's no evidence that pregnant women would lose the baby but not have any radiation exposures them, themselves. Like that was really weird. And then the two guys that actually swam under Chernobyl, they both lived into old age with no health effects. Hmm. 
Yeah, I, I never. I did watch the series. And I thought it was awesome. I liked it. I didn't. Yeah. Uh, I didn't look at how realistic the portrayal of the radiation was, but as far as the theme of the truth is what the government says it is. Yeah, obviously that's uh, something that I'm going to have interest in, and I think uh, clearly applies to a lot of the situations we experience today. Yep. Griff Nizzle. Matt, Woke AF 1883 is the best because Harsh Survival. Also, Matt, men literally build their own salvation in the middle of hell. It's the worst movie ever. <laughs> it's, it's the worst movie ever because it glosses over the journey and the the goal, I suppose. Like, it, it'd be like if, 18, if 1883, they sat in Fort Worth or wherever they started for 10 episodes talking about how they were going to do this. And maybe they bought some supplies or something. There was but that the journey was building. It would be like if they <sighs> never arrived and they just went on the whole journey. Yeah. Well, Jimmy Stewart sits around just saying, well, what do you mean? This whole idea is stupid. Listen here. I have world war two experience and this ain't going to work. Like just shut up. They help. <laughs> it's I'm actually having chest pain. <laughs> It Esoterica sucks. Unbound. Anyway. Blonde's take was spot on. Between this review and hating on Madeline Stowe, Matt is clearly gayer than the NFL. The point wasn't the actual flight of the plane. It was clearly about manly men facing near certain death and doing... Then name it that. Not the flight Manly of men the... facing certain death. I think that's got... Let, not Listen, the point of the flight of the Phoenix is not the flight... Let, no. He had a bunch more. <laughs> Let me read these all through. No. The, right. the manliest effing thing ever, building an airplane out of the wreckage of the one they'd crashed. Also, modern tension between tech-obsessed materialists and those who value human experience. Even the filmmaking was manly. They built damn Frankenplane. Eight of the actors were vets. 20 years earlier, at least six were fighting in World War II. Five on our side and Hardy Krueger on blondes. <laughs> As a 16-year-old <laughs> member of the WIF and SS. Ah, well, um, uh, first of all, I, I I have to thank you for your uh, support for the show. I will not neglect that. Didn't we someone love you. die on You're the You're very set? special. Yeah, I said in the review he was fortunate to have died because he didn't have to see this movie. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, there's video of him dying by the way like you can what? watch the plane crash that. you can't like see anything graphic but you can see the plane crashing um i can't award points based on the actor's prior military careers just because they were they had prior That's military legitimate. experience doesn't yeah. mean i have to doesn't mean they can't make a complete piece of crap uh i, I mean i feel if, to respond to every point in here, I'd be doing another movie review. So I, I, the only thing I'll, I, I'll say I stand by my criticisms, but I reject the idea that I'm gayer than the NFL. That, that is obvious exaggeration, probably more exaggerated than the overacting in this movie uh, itself. But I appreciate the support for the show, Esoterica Unbound. Do you want to take over? Yeah, Link to the Future says, I hope exposing the biased media coverage of SBF and uh, FTX is the red pill moment for people. My personal red pill was how the media covered Snowden. Well, that's good. Um, And I should have paid more attention to that back then. Yeah. And even even up until fairly recently, and I mean, like within the last X amount of years, I still considered myself a Snowden critic because I thought that he he put the lives of Americans at risk. And I mm-hmm. suppose maybe you could argue that, but the problem with that position is if you want to argue that there are and are not appropriate ways to be a whistleblower, my understanding is in this situation, there basically was no way to do it legally. If yeah. you have information that your government is acting illegally and there's no legal way to reveal it, what, do, what you do you do? So maybe right. I, 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 I am probably speaking beyond my expertise even now, because it's a story that I sort of missed back then or didn't pay enough attention to back then and have yet to circle back in full. 
in, in a way that the story deserves. He right. gave the American people invaluable information. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, if the government betrays its responsibilities in that way, and by that I mean illegally spying on the American people, and are you just supposed to go along with that? Are you supposed to cover yeah. for that because you'll be a criminal if you if you do expose it? I I, I don't know. Uh, perhaps I will refresh some of uh, my association with the facts in that story before I say something I might be incorrect about, but. Let's see. Uh, 2AEDU says Gretchen was definitely the popular choice for Michigan. The most free and fair and fortified election of all time. NewsGuard certified and Susan approved. Thanks for the show. He also says just because I want to help keep this great show going. I have been catching uh, the replay lately. Well, thank you, Mr. 2AEDU. And as always, if uh, you're looking for quality Second Amendment content from uh, within the community, 2AEDU has that over on his channel. Uh, Still streaming. And talking about Second Amendment and gun stuff on uh, a weekly basis, if not more frequent. FAPO, probably mispronounced that. There's finally a full-size rifle in 5.7 by 28. Do you have any experience with this caliber? Um, FAPO or FIPO means fat girl in Chinese. No, uh, but I would love to. <laughs> it's a cool uh, It's a cool sort of um, cartridge kind of between like a, a handgun cartridge and a rifle cartridge. And FN has this crazy alien looking gun called the P90 that I always loved in call of duty. And that's why I love the five, seven cartridge because I loved it in the video game and the five, seven handgun by FN seems really cool too. And now that more people are getting into it, uh, maybe the ammo will become more common. Maybe it'll become a little more cheaper. I know Ruger's making a handgun now too, a, a five, seven chambered handgun. There's some other offerings. I don't know the rifle, but I, there used to be, um, this is a favor among the audience actually. Because I happen to have a an AR upper chambered for 5.7 from a manufacturer that used to make a, a 5.7 AR conversion kit, but I don't have the bolt carrier group. All I have is the upper. And so if hmm. anyone knows where I can get the rest of the parts for an AR 5.7 conversion, I would love to know that. Because as far as I'm aware, they're not made anymore. So if you have that information, send it my way because... Uh, it would be personally meaningful to finish um, this rifle. What I'm talking about is what I believe to have been a project that my brother was working on, but never finished. And I happened to find it in the house. Really? But I don't have the parts to finish it. And they don't make them as far as I can tell. When so did was, you find it? Oh, years afterward. Oh, okay. When I, I was moving some stuff around in the house and I thought, well, son of a bitch, here's a, a 5.7 AR upper. Yeah. But I don't have the rest of it. So I can't do anything with it and nobody makes it. And so obviously it'd be very personally meaningful to me to complete that. Someone rifle. in the audience can make that happen. If anyone knows, I would love to find the, find some information on that. Or if you have parts and are willing to sell legally ATF listener, uh, then I, I'm a buyer because that's a project I want to complete one day. Anyway, thank you. Uh, FAPO, FIPO, fat girl in Chinese. <laughs> Nuncle Hunky Box says movie titles should definitely take advice from the guy who renamed Beauty and the Beta to the Matt and Blonde Show. Yeah, it was a it was a, it was a name upgrade. Unless you want me to go back, all right. Uh, Boogeyman, and thank you, Nuncle Hunky Box. Boogeyman nine one seven says, speaking of the NFL, Fox showed their trans cheerleader during today's game. I thought there, I knew there was a tryout. I didn't know there was an actual trans cheerleader. Or we talked about it once on the show. Maybe that. 
that trans person did become an actual cheerleader. I just forgot the story. Anyway, um, that's that's all I got. Are, are, are there more? I guess I haven't refreshed for a moment. Oh, uh, let's see. Who's the last one you did? I did Boogeyman last. Yep, we're good. Okay, uh, well, then we will uh, call it a show there. Appreciate everybody tuning in tonight. Appreciate even your hatred for my take on the improperly named Flight of the Phoenix. Appreciate your chats. Appreciate your super chats, your support for the show, your jokes. All of it, uh, as usual, very much appreciated. If you're tuning in later on demand, thank you kindly as well for your support for the show. And if you can't get enough... And God knows nobody can get enough of my movie reviews. You can find more to listen to and extra material. Blondes interviews, the uh, replays of the call-in show, some extra stuff you might not find on YouTube. Look for that in the uh, audio platforms of the show. Linked in the description and over on the website. That is mattchristensenmedia.com. Speaking of, you want to find anything show-related. The latest episode of the show, my terrible crappy movie reviews. You want to buy a t-shirt. You want to just get in touch. The website is the place to do it. MattChristensenMedia.com We will be back next Sunday. Because if it's Sunday, sorry Chuck Todd, it is not. Meet the press. It is the Matt and Blonde Show. Bye guys. Have a great night.